say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to the Wheel of Time Spoilers Podcast, TV show deep dive bonus episodes. These were originally recorded as videos, but technical limitations kept us from getting them out to you, so we have retreated to the audio-only format of a podcast. I have done my best to remove the silences from when we were watching scenes and chaotic background noises, but otherwise not edited the content at all for coherent thoughts. As with our regular podcast episodes, you can find these ad-free through our Patreon at patreon.com slash watspoilers. Welcome to Wheel of Time Spoilers. This is our breakdown of episode six, part two, um, The Sexiness. Yeah, the, the, this the is sexy the sexy half, half. of the episode. <laughs> um, and we're starting here with the bath scene, which um, there is nudity, but it's not really sexy nudity except for one shot, which is very yes, sexy. But the, I'm glad that they are doing non-sexual nudity in the Wheel of Time because so much of the Wheel of Time, the baths and fall are oh sweat tents, but all this stuff, like these naked meetings in the baths, it's like about time, right? Like I'd expect them to have this, yeah. right? And they did a good job of not making it sexual. Yeah, it's really nice to have non-sexual nudity. It's like, that is a thing. (laughs) And RJ put a lot of emphasis on the fact that that's a thing. So, yeah, I'm really glad that they're having more cultures do it sooner for us as the viewers. But there is one very sexy shot in this. Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, and I just want to say, like, as Americans, like, I feel like so much of our culture is like nudity has to be sexy. And it's like, not necessarily. Yes. Have yes. you, have you been to the, 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 
locker rooms at the YMCA, nudity is not always sexy. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just changing rooms mm. in general just no. prove that point entirely. Do you think this is in the tower? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's a sauna at the tower. <laughs> message arrives in the blue towel. Well, I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah, so blue mm -hmm. mess message for the blue. Um, yeah, these must just be servants who are walking in and out, is what my assumption. Novices or servants? Uh, probably servants. I don't think that they're going to have novices as bath attendants. These are not Aiel. <laughs> right. Aiel would have, you know, their their apprentices as bath attendants. but And Guy Shine, though. They'd actually mostly have Guy Shine. So, yeah, these are servants. <laughs> and now we get that just amazing accent from this actress the scottish oh my god yeah. so cool yeah and i i love the line too of like seriously we're, we're doing meetings in in the shower in the sauna it's just it's a funny line and like moraine is able to say two things i mean she's able to hide what she's doing in plain sight she's like i literally haven't gotten to do this for two years i like that is such a believable thing that she actually means that but also it allows her to obfuscate the fact that like of course she's not going to take a meeting in the hall she's being super sneaky like she can't no subterfuge but also like legit sauna <laughs> it's it's fun as Moraine, everything she does never has just one purpose. Ever. Never. <laughs> In this case, the second purpose is to relax after a long bath uh, or journey on the road and actually enjoy the steam rooms, which she doesn't very often. And it's a long damn day that she's having, and she's going to have to go right back on the road. Like, do not begrudge her her one opportunity to take a hot shower. Right. And, and she knows, I guess at this point, she doesn't know she's going into exile, but she... I assume she's making, she's the one who tells Suwon it has to be exile. Because of what happens in this conversation. But she knows she's going back on the road shortly. She just doesn't know the exact circumstances yet. So, Megan tells everyone to get up and leave. Mm -hmm. Again, confirming she has to be the head of the blue and that that is a very well-known fact. Well, she's a sitter, so that's well-known. But yeah, just her authority is unquestioned by anyone. <laughs> Do you think this is the blue quarters or just the baths in general? I was wondering that it seems to me like the tower would just have a nice uh, sauna spa set up for everyone. And maybe like there's like one that the blues favor and one that the reds favor. But like, I don't think this would be in the quarters. I think that all eyes to die are going to want this kind of facility. I wonder because like part of the part of the problem with the White Tower is they don't have elevators. So getting up to different floors is actually kind of a pain in the ass. And getting water up to certain floors is gonna be more of a pain in the ass. So I imagine the baths would be on the lower floors, like as well as the kitchens, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I assume that they have some level of plumbing. Um Clearly, their sewer system is more advanced than the medieval period. Um, right. We see the streets being extremely clean. And I don't think that that's a historical anachronism. I think that's because indoor plumbing survived the breaking as a concept, especially for highborn magic wielders who were going to live for centuries. They didn't forget indoor plumbing as a thing. And neither did the Ogier who built this no. city. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm, they can get water a certain height, but yeah, I mean, without the power, there are physical limitations on what they're going to manage without electricity. Um, so it's probably lower down. Yeah. But I just, I can't imagine that 
there isn't a communal bathing system in the tower. Like these, these are fancy people. They want comforts. What do you think? I think just on power. Yeah, I think she's probing to see what the sentiment is. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I think it's yeah, it's on power. That's it's her sanity is not in question. Uh, but that's something that Moraine, the disgraced sister would be asking so it, it's a worthy question to just be like hey what's the tenor what's the timbre like are there threats i need to bring to swan's attention when i meet her in like four hours i also love how this uh actress just looks like an angry school teacher i'm just like yeah oh my god yes <laughs> yeah she's so stern um yeah i i don't want to disappoint her at all <laughs> No, it's like, you have yet not turned in your homework for the third time. It is late and I have a problem. Like, I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. John Chan. John Chan. John Chan alert. The whole point is she wants to investigate that, which makes me think she's going to be um, collared. I agree, unfortunately. I think she's going to be our poor character who gets fully lost she's she's presented as way too anxious about this whole thing to not have a horrible end and i'm already very sad for her the only other thing i could see is her sending someone off to investigate and that person gets collared and then she has like guilt about it or something like that yeah i think that she's going to be so worried about something like that happening that she's going to go herself because we're being made to care about her and none of the other blues so the only way for us to have impact when Egwene recognizes another eyes to die is for it to be someone we recognize from the tower and mygen is by far and away the most distinctive tower eyes to die that we're interacting with aside from swan who i consider in the special category <laughs> um just sort of showing off the blue network right this is her investigation she knows what's going on the blue network exists the blue network is powerful the blue network sees all eyes and ears mm. in every corner oh my god <laughs> Which is sort of mirrors the burning down of the inn in um, Barillon, Barillon, the Stag and Lion. Mm-hmm, the Stag and Lion. Sort of sending that money to recompense the, the destruction that she did. Yeah, because Maureen says that specifically. Like, the Blue is going to send money for him to build a bigger, better inn. They will hear about this. They will send money. I can do nothing because I know that the Blue is going to do everything. Like, it's fine. Well, did Don't she send a message it. or did the Blue just do it on its own? I thought she said something. I think she just said it on its own. I, I think she said something like, I'll see to it, or the blue will see to it, or something like that. But I always assumed that she was uh, relying on something like this. Like, that was kind of always my just like subtext was like, they'll hear about it, they'll fix it. It's fine. I have an insurance policy called being a spy. I'm also guessing that it was like the son that we, that was mentioned, like he was always the eye and ear like person in Tar and Fairy, like originally. Gotcha. That that's how I'm headcanoning that is that the son that is mentioned it survives and was always the informant in Tar and Fairy because they just needed one there. No evidence for that. I just it's conservation of characters. Um so two things there. How did they get to the two rivers? The ways, which I'm sure we're gonna encounter in, in the next episode. <laughs> Mostly based on the previews I've seen, but also just logically. Yeah, I mean, and we know they see Trolloc bodies in the ways, which confirms that this is the right guess. Um, yeah. And what's the other thing? Oh, uh, what'd she say? Bringing Nynaeve? Yes, and then the most powerful channel, which is, of course, Nynaeve. Um, yeah. 
And, and I feel like in the books, it's more of they. she brings two powerful channelers. They don't really... Nynaeve, I feel like, has gotten a little bit of a power boost early on, whereas Egwene is still like idiot novice trying to learn how to learn some basic weaves. Which mirrors how their experience in the tower goes in Dragon Reborn, where Nynaeve is instantly bumped up and Egwene is just left stumbling behind. Um, this mirrors that. This is creating that same dynamic between them. The thing I wanted to point out about this whole section is it keeps flipping back and forth between the two of them, right? And she's always in steam. Moraine, you can always see clearly. And Megan is always seen behind steam. And I only bring this up because there was a scene in, I can't believe I'm going to say this. There's a scene in season one of game of Thrones, um, where I noticed the placement of an incense bowl that was making smoke in a, like a scene between, um, Varys and, um, Ned Stark, where it was very obvious symbolically that Varys was blowing smoke up Ned Stark's ass. Like, ver- like the placement of it and the way it kept flipping back and forth, it just screamed like a neon sign to me that the smoke is an allegory for the fact that Varys is completely lying to Ned. Um, and so what do you think? This is a smoke screen? So, well, the, so then I was looking at this being like, it's one of them is obscured and one of them isn't. I'm not sure who's blowing smoke up whose ass here. I mean, we know it's Moraine more so but yeah. i'm not sure what it allegorically means here if it means anything but it just one is obscured and one isn't and i don't know i haven't made up my mind what that means yet but it i'm sorry but it's a game of thrones thing that's for real from season one which was the one season that i enjoyed so you're right there is very much like a steam filter over her and not over moraine <laughs> I'm sorry. Only fucking Roseman Pike can make me just burst out laughing with just a simple like hand motion, like oh my god, I can't believe this. Her shit. her body language is it amazing. Is, it's so good, so good. Um, and I, what- I can see why they focus the season so much more on her than on the other kids. Five when you have someone like R- Roseman Pike, you use her. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You you get people hooked with her magic and then you split out into the Emmons Field 5 and it, it goes from there. And, um, and I said before, it always makes a lot of sense to me to make her the main character of season one because book totally. one, uh, Rand is the main character is just a is like he is a blank camera for you to project your own feelings onto. Mm hmm. He might as well. I always say it's it's a bit lazy third person writing. Instead of writing in third person, he gives it just oh, we'll give it to this character and just have them over. It's like overhearing the conversation with Egwene, right? There's no way. Realistically, I liked him not overhearing that, but you had to have him creep out and listen in order for it to be told. Now there was some in- interesting information Moraine was giving him as well as Egwene, which. Again, you can't do because you're keeping the mystery of who was the dragon reborn, right? Like, there's all these questions. A lot of what has changed in this first season is because, to me, it's the question of who is the dragon reborn. And by not telling us that, by not making it obvious, there's a lot of scene changes that have to happen so that you're not like, oh, Randis, obviously. <laughs> right. Right, like... Yeah. You know, if, if you yeah, give that as a top line premise, like, oh, we're not going to reveal the Dragon Reborn, a lot of the changes that have happened make sense to me. So much so. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm nodding. That That's, yes. <laughs> and the hate her all you want line is just like that. 
tells you what they have been doing for the past 20 years is presenting a very cold disunited front. Like it's not just that they're absent from each other's lives. It's that there is animosity in how they have presented their relationship to the world. Like, and that's like going back to when they were first raised, despite their friendship as novices, you know, like there's history there that we're getting filled in on. Like hate her all you want. Like th- th- this is a long standing problem. <laughs> And that seems to very much mirror the, the situation that Suan and Leanne did in the Rebel Hall, is they pretended they hated each other while secretly being allies in order to be successful. And it seems like maybe this is where that came from. Maybe that's a reuse of that in this, this particular... I mean, we know that they were totally... It always did seem a little weird that Elida was the only one that remembered their friendship. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. always seemed like a little bit of a plot hole that, oh, Elida is the only one that remembers that those two got along and is it's still... Like 20 years ago? 20, yeah. What? Like, but like, that's not that long for a lot of these Aes and I. Exactly. I would think more of them like, will remember it, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't seem like long enough to forget right. that much. It's like, you, like normal teachers remember their students 20 years later. Right. 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 <laughs> like... Okay. Anyway, so that was always a weird plot hole. So it's it's nice that, that instead of being oh they just ignored each other, now it's like oh they're actually antagonistic. And to me that that is that is a more realistic way to take a friendship that goes sour than oh they just ignore each other now. Yeah, exactly. Especially because they gave us the thing about Alana remembering like the illicit pets that Moraine had. Like she definitely remembers who she was best friends and lovers with. She definitely remembers that. So you, ha- yeah, it's they're giving us the reason why you have to have more than distance. You have it's to also have antagonism. Why I, it's also why I think they're putting Myrell and Alana together because Myrell was the friend, not Alana. But now Myrell, and so the, the, it seems like they're giving Alana some of Myrell's memories and friendships of being in that sort of friend group. Because um, wasn't it was and Alana is in that friend group, just less so. Yeah, she's but like on a farther the out circle. Wasn't it Suan, Moraine, Myrell, Myrell, and wasn't there a fourth that was like kind of close with them? And Shiriam. Then the, Sh- Shiriam, that's right. But only two of them were in the room, and that's why they ended up when the prophecy happened, and that's why they ended up being mm-hmm. even closer. They almost told Shiriam. They almost told Shiriam. I mean, granted, Shiriam wasn't Black Aja at the time because she was still accepted. So she was technically would have been fine, but she would have sold them out later because her reasons for, unless, unless this, this could, if they had brought her in, maybe she would have not gone Black Aja because she would have had a reason to fight before she got seduced by petty politics. I don't know. Um, but it was Shiriam. Not, and then, then Alana was like, you know, the fifth friend, far, you know, right, just farther right. out. And like, there was a, several other, you know, like, uh, Leandrin and the Peter Pettigrew of the group, you know, the, well, not exactly that much of a hanger on, but just the larger body of women who were friendly, but not on the innermost secrets. Cause um, there was this huge group of Aes and I who were, um, novices 20 years ago. Like, yeah. There's an I'll, age cohort. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Or uh, a rank cohort, I suppose, more than age, given how, I said I gain rank. Um, but yeah, there's think, a cohort. Yeah. <laughs> I always think that's the wheel being like, oh, I need a bunch of I said I to be ready for the last battle. Let me give a class 20 years ago. Yeah, very much so. And then what happens next here is basically the plot of New Spring being recycled. <laughs> 
she's like, that's ridiculous. No, you don't even know what my point is. Like, you can't just stop my quest in the middle of it. But it doesn't well, be that. She looks like a loose cannon needing to be, you know, nailed yeah. down and kept under closer wraps. Like, that's what she presents, and she's being treated accordingly. But it's dumb. Um, but this is basically New Spring. Her need to get away because she's been ordered, will be ordered to stay. In this case, she has to get her order overridden. But either way, it's Moraine desperately needs to get away before she's given responsibilities that will keep her from her Dragon Reborn quest. They've they brought that urgency back. Yeah. In. And in this case, it's basically being in charge of the blue instead of um, being queen of Andor or Kyrian. Yeah. And that's why I think that she is still going to go west to investigate the ships. Like, she's got other blues she can pick. It'll probably be Shiriam or one of the sitters. Like, I mean, there's a lot of blues that are going to come up later that they can have be the head of the blue in her absence. Because we need to see her in a collar in order to understand what Egwene is about to maybe not avoid. All right. Let's see. What dropped out of there? Um... Go forward a tiny bit and you'll see it in her hand. Or go back a bit and we can see it. But it's one of the flowers that's growing and hanging into the walkway when she walks to the, like, hospital where Egwene and Perrin are. Gotcha. It's, it's like, it's some kind of, like, beaded, like, fob and then the flower um, on it. So she knows where to go. She knows. So this is a message that Egwene and Perrin are in town. This is when she receives the information that they've arrived. She, this is when she receives the information about where they are. She knows that they've arrived and she's waiting for news about where to go. And those flowers you'll see when she walks in and is being brought in by the yellow sister, you'll see those flowers growing over the door. Oh yeah. I mean, they cut right to them right there. Like mm -hmm. they're over my head. That's yeah. They're the all over this whole yeah. walkway. She comes up into the room. Um, and I couldn't find anything out about this yellow sister. Uh, she's just named yellow sister in the x-ray. Um, but I like that Maureen works with yellows and also yay for a plus size actress in a beautiful dress. Who's also a racial minority getting an important little bit part with speaking lines. Yay for that. Um, but it's just a very yellow scene. It's just a pretty plain scene. And notice there's an Aes Sedai who totally gives Maureen a second, a double take when they go through. Um, because Aes Sedai stuff. <laughs> So you think that could have been Shemel, uh, Shemel, Shemarin, Shemarin? No, no, no. no. Uh, uh, Shemarin. Oh, what was the fuck your yellow sister? What was the quote about? Chesmal Emery. Chesmal Emery. <laughs> Do you think that's who they tried to make Chesmal Emery? And that was like, nope. We just have to make her an unnamed yellow sister. Because I mean, either that or the sister getting burned, but um, yeah, yeah, I could yeah. see it being like, oh yeah, like, which which I said I should we have Moraine trust implicitly? Cheswell Emery and Rafe was like, hell no, and Moraine does not trust Cheswell fucking Emery. <laughs> I, I will headcanon that that's that that's what this was about. That that's what. Well, until we see another that, yellow, because like, <laughs> she did say it was a healing, uh, a healing scene that they were like going to have her healed by a yellow or something. Have a yellow do the healing. So <laughs> it's like not just whatever. No, the fans will murder me. <laughs> yeah. So you but see, there's yellow sister. Yep. Totally Sorry. gave a a back take to be like, who the hell is that? Or what the fuck is Maureen doing in our hospital? Right. <laughs> and again, more of those plants just growing everywhere. Like, whatever this plant is, it must be medicine, medicinal. Is this a yellow hospital, or do you think is it just a, um, 
secret place that like, I how think did it's Perrin get there? Yeah, okay. I think that Egwene and Perrin got into the city and looked for healers because Perrin was in such a bad way. And because it's Tarvalin, they got taken to a yellow run hospital because I think in this version of the world, because Rafe isn't a fucking idiot and be running things according to Ashamael's plan, the yellows actually do things like run a hospital in their own fucking city instead of like, once a month we will bestow healing out of the back door, don't worry. They need to run a hospital and it's ridiculous that they don't have one in Tarvalin of all places. So I think that he just made them have one here but Perrin would have been like getting feverish and going into shock and like, he needs medical attention and... Question, we never saw what happened with the wound on his leg. That went away in the one month later with the Tinkers, right? That was just I'm, the wolf licked it. Yeah. And then there was no... Con- That's actually, I'm a little little miffed about that, to be perfectly honest. They set it up as a big thing. He wounded it. The wolf licked it. And then we were with the Tinkers a month, one month later. And we would assume at that point it either would have gotten better or ha- had well, an I'm- infection. I'm assuming that in that month it got bad and the tinker, the uh, traveling people dealt with it because they have kick-ass road medicine and they've dealt with animal bites and infections. And like, that's just one of those things that happened in the course of the month was his wound, like getting dealt with by Ila's expert care. I would have loved to have seen a line about that. Like they, cause there was two or three shots. They like, there was an extended shot of him pulling it up. There was a whole thing with the wolf licking it. Like it probably is a scene. They probably filmed it. It's probably on the fucking cutting room floor. Like all the other shit that we need. Amazon, please name your price. I will pay so much money. Just give me the whole thing. All the herbs, all the lanterns. This looks like a really cool... And look at like that stuff hanging like, right over your head. There's like these vials. It's like, I'm guessing it's some kind of like centrifuge that they're able to like spin to like make like extracts of various things, you know, with like alcohol and stuff. Because like, again, this is not medieval period science. <laughs> What do you think about that? I have people watching for their arrival. She knows they've arrived. She doesn't want them running to meet up with each other and maybe running away. She knows if they come together, especially if Nynaeve is in the mix, which Egwene doesn't know Nynaeve is alive yet. Maureen knows. Uh, Then they'll all run away again. If Nynaeve gets all of them together, she's going to take them all away. So the only way for Moraine to keep them secure is to keep them isolated until the appropriate time to bring them together. So she uses two true statements to give a completely misleading impression. I understand her reasoning, but it's nefarious. It's a little bit. It's because it would be better to be like, I have them. I will once parents healed, I'll bring you to them. Right. That seems like not a hard thing to say to her. But she doesn't trust her not to go running off and trying to find Rand on her own anyway, because she has had more than enough of Nynaeve's attitude. (laughs) I have a good authority that they're alive. My authority. I've met them. Yes, my authority. (laughs) Extremely good authority. I trust it implicitly. It's like, you know how you hear a first-hand account? Maureen's heard a zeroth-person account. First-zeroth-hand account, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yeah. So is his back still wounded at all? Or it looks completely Not clean Not that I can tell. I don't... I, it seems like the healing's been done, and now he's in that, like, you know, 12-hour coma-level sleep that happens when you get a serious healing and you have all that strength. And also, he probably hadn't slept for, like, two days, so... Right, right. Um, yeah. Because I am the future Armorland seat, and I care. 
Yeah. He was still moving and moaning and writhing around when you fled the tent. You can't make that okay, promise. Yeah. Mm. I am so annoyed with her for saying that because yeah. you know damn well you didn't kill him. Yeah. Um, but there's this moment, just a tiny bit. Further. So she says this line, right? And Moraine's looking at her with this new light of like, damn, like you really have some fire in you. And then there's the sound of flame. Crackling flame comes into the foley and there's just this long shot of Egwene's face with a flame in the background as Maureen is reconsidering her. They're telling us it's going to be Oberlin. They're just spelling it out. Mm. (laughs) The flame of Tarvalon. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. I I do wish there was a little more of like she'd gotten some acclamations to be like, I guess they, they did announce that she returned Seven of the Rings, but... Oh, Swan gives her a direct acknowledgement for being a fucking badass um, in that meeting later. So I, I think that's that's enough. You know, the Omerlin is like, hey, you're awesome. I approve of you strongly. That's pretty epic. Yeah. And as Catherine Kay says, always double tap. If you take down Volta, always make double sure tap. Take that knife out and make sure you put it in his heart. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, slice him on the jugular. Stab him in the eye. Like, something other than his fucking shoulder muscles. Have you seen how ripped he is? That's not going to slow him down for more than, like, a week. <laughs> Guns out, sun's out. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the the whole... He is not okay. There's something going on mentally with him that's, A, turning his eyes golden, but also, like, B, just trauma. Just An acknowledgement that trauma is a thing. What a fucking radical concept. <laughs> that he's not yeah. going to be okay because he was tortured. No mention of how maybe Egwene might not be okay because she was also part of that torture. Psychological well, Egwene is else. too strong to be... I mean, Egwene's got some, some... You know, it was fine. It wasn't that bad for me. Which none of us here have any empathy with how that works. No. I've never um, done that. Yeah, but she's such a carer. And I mean, Perrin was physically much more wounded. So, you know, um, it, it makes sense for her to think that. But it's also like, girl, you were tortured just as much as he was as far as the psychological trauma is is concerned. Um, and she did. She was kind of the one who set them free and the one who stabbed Volta. So she actually- right. She, yeah, was less helpless in the end but also she was you know channeling to try to get herself killed there there was a whole it was a lot um but yeah that the show is acknowledging psychological trauma as being just as real as physical trauma is really really excellent and you can't heal that away no no you can't unless you're subject to grandall in which case is that really healing I mean, I think she did, in the Age of Legends, develop an ability yes, to heal. Yes, before she was Grandal. Hmm. She could heal you. But, She's not going to, but she could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moran's like, oh shit, yeah, I know what this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I cut you right off right there. Like, I'll, yeah. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. This is an amalgamation of conversations that happened with Nynaeve and Perrin. Um, and Moraine rather than with Egwene. So again, it's a little bit overly communication heavy for my wheel of time. Um, this is more communication than I would expect from our characters, but <laughs> it is a necessary, uh, set of conversations to just have for the sake of exposition. And I like that Egwene goes to Moraine and asks for advice with this weird thing that happened to her good friend. Like that is a very logical thing for Egwene of all characters. Right. 
to do. Rand she trusts Moraine more than but. yeah, exactly. But Egwene trusts Moraine and is like, hey, now that you're here, could I ask? I have a question. <laughs> a couple of questions. A few. So questions. the whole eyes turning yellow thing—that's not real, right? That's not natural, right? Well, right. it's natural and, actually. Yeah, and like dragon stuff. Like, there's just—I'm enjoying the level of communication that we're getting in a lot of this, even if it is weird for my wheel of time to have communication in it. I mean, again, as we said, the wheel of time, uh, the wheel of time with those communication, right? And yeah. Rafe is like, well, I need to base my series on a book that's about this long. So if I have communication, I can cut out a lot of that crap yeah. in between and adapt something that's a little bit shorter. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering. Moraine's line there, they would do him harm if they knew. I'm wondering if this means that Elias, as an event that happened at the tower, was kept. And the character may or may not be kept, but the event 15 years ago or whatever um, was kept as part of tower lore and part of Aes Sedai lore. Like, that happens sometimes, occasionally, or at least has happened once in recent memory. There has to be, an, she has to know something about it. She has to know what's happened. It has to be relatively common that people would know. Like, other than just like, oh, his eyes are turning. Uh, again, maybe they think he can channel. That's the only, like, reason they might want to try. But she doesn't seem to think that. She might also think that, like, they might actually just want to hurt him for the yellow eyes. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe this is um, based on a known event. Right, because, I mean, Elias can have happened as an event without needing to be brought into the plot as a character or included in Perrin's arc at all. Like, that time a warder turned into a wolf brother and killed warders getting away from the Reds who were determined to do him harm. Like, that was a big news item. You could also have him being, have been hunted down and killed. Which would be a more serious warning for, you know, what happened to Elias? Oh, he was killed. Yeah, different turning of the wheel. Elias didn't get away scot-free. He ended up killing warders and dying for having done that. That absolutely could have made sense. And yeah, Moraine's like, let's shut this down. I don't need more warder drama on top of everything else right now. So what do you think that we don't know shape or power they will wield? I love that she's a scientist about this thing. She's like, the more I study, the less I know. And I'm taking nothing for granted about this right now. Um, I love that approach, even though it's annoying to us as book people who are like, but Moraine, you know what you know. And show Moraine is like, but do I? Because <laughs> we don't actually know what the prophecies are in the, in the TV show. We don't know what they've been told, what they've been. We learn that Katara's whole that situation seems to be verbatim from the book. Do um, we get the prophecy itself? He is born. Uh, more or less in the way that Swan says it later um, in their, their post-sex scene when they're talking about, like, you were there. You saw it. Um, we get enough of the details that I think that we got that exact prophecy verbatim. Um, but that's the only thing that Moraine knows empirically. And everything else she's learned has led her to question even if that is correct. Like, maybe Guitara was wrong and Swan's like, what are you talking about? Moraine's like, I'm just saying I have questions. And what if, the, what if Nynaeve's uh, actually the dragon reborn and six years older than we thought? Right. What if it's a many headed dragon? All right. Like, and I we will get there when we get there. But I just I love that Moraine is like nothing 
is certain in my world right now. And then she can say whatever the hell she wants to anyone because she legitimately doesn't believe anything that she knows. So she can put all the mays and perhapses and I don't knows anywhere she wants and be completely shooting straight. Also, just just leave with me with no idea where you're going. It's like, okay, but also sus. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So is this setting or rising sun? This would be a setting. setting. This is setting. Because this is about to go into Moraine preparing for bed. So then, okay, here's my question on geography. Doesn't the river run north-south? Wouldn't? The river that because uh, that's distinctly upriver, so wouldn't that be north and the sun would set in the west? The sun definitely sets in the west. That is, that is right. a thing. Um, I mean, and probably in the southwest. Just that's yes. the only thing I can think of is what maybe time this of year is, is it? What time of year? I mean, is it? spring uh, or like maybe Valentine and then a month and then a Beltine month. So I mean, is spring? Bel- so yeah, spring. Um, so the sun is heading south. Um, as f- no, it's not. It's heading north. <laughs> it's heading north in the sky. Um, the days are getting longer. That's what I'm trying to say. So the sun at sunset is moving farther and farther north each night along the horizon uh, from southwest to less southwest. But it started out pretty <laughs> south in like December 21st, right? Yes. About the yes. time we are now. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I guess maybe if we're looking south mostly, that would be southwest, and then we could say the river's flowing southwest. Mm, and I don't remember exactly the direction that the river's flowing. I, I don't have that fixed in my head well enough. Uh, but this is definitely sunset given the plot timing, and so we'll just just. I just the sunset didn't seem to geography. line up with the river. That's all I'm saying is like what it feels like they should be crossed like this. That like the sun should be off to the side of the river, not. I that might be true. I just don't remember the map well enough to know if you're right or not. Again, this chamber, like, what the hell? It's gigantic, and it's one dresser in the middle of nothing. Wasn't there, yeah. like, furniture here before earlier? I Does think she's she just... got a suite of rooms. No, but this is the one with the, the picture frame in it. Oh, yeah. So I guess we're, I guess the camera's basically sitting on her bed. I'm wondering if maybe she just, like, has furniture brought in and out. I'm very confused no, as to what no. her chambers look like. Because yeah. the only piece of furniture we saw before, which I think is about where the camera is, is her bed. Okay. And that was, there's only that piece of furniture in there. In the opening sequence of the show, when she picks up her shit and goes, there's more furniture. Actually. Um, she's got like a chair and like a dresser and there's like, there's more stuff. So I'm going to assume that that shot was from at least two years ago, if not longer. Obviously, yeah, yeah. The, the um, other thing we have not seen is the knife or the uh, the Tarangrial that they showed us in that scene. Like, we haven't seen the, her knife at all. That is true. She has not stabbed anybody. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah, where are the chairs and tables from when Lan does the sad thing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is just a Maybe very there's another room? Chamber. Like... I mean, it does seem like, you know, the wall of that room is see-through, right? There's something on the other side of that. I'm is guessing that a that's a balcony. I'm guessing yeah, it's a okay. balcony. Um, yeah, maybe there's another room, like, off, like, over your uh, shoulder. Um, there's, like, yet another room that's more of, like, her sitting room. Um, but, yeah, the, her whole aesthetic is very bare bones. Um, and I think they're emphasizing that, but it does seem a little bit... I'm agreeing. It's it. I'm not sure that I have Morian's chambers mapped out yet. Okay, Lauren from Unraveling the Pattern, please get us a floor plan of Morian's chambers. <laughs> also, just of the entire White Tower, <laughs> which we always know means sexy times, right? That's why you mask a bond. Well, I mean, Elaine uses it to get into trouble as well as for sexy times. Sure. Um, I'm assuming I said I do that occasionally, but yes, that is our very clear signal that she's about to go do things that she doesn't want land involved in. <laughs> Interesting line from Lan. The White Tower is not as safe as it once was. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm guessing that the warders are passing around the gossip of the tension, being like, oh yeah, no, you've been gone two years, shit's gotten... What's that thing Cian says later on? Like, hot, quivering jelly of suspicion? <laughs> um, I'm guessing that the warders talk about that because, you know, they want to protect their eyes to die. And he's gotten that update, you know. She takes off her ring and starts moisturizing her hands. I wonder why. <laughs> I have no insight into that whatsoever. <laughs> All I know is I keep my fingernails nicely trimmed. <laughs> I love the shot of Lan in the mirror. Oh, I hadn't noticed his face was in the mirror. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we will point out Moraine does have very short, neatly trimmed nails also. 
<laughs> go away. <laughs> go away. I'm going to go get laid. It's been two years. Relax for a minute. Yeah, because I'm about to go relax, and I need you to stand down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great relationship between the two of them. <laughs> they are so wonderful. I, I love their banter. Yeah, he knows what's going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably the only one she's ever shared anything with about her relationship with Suwon. It would be really hard to hide that from mm-hmm. the order, especially when she trusts as much as him. So now she's ready to go. She is earrings off, hair down, ring off, hands moisturized, dressed in only white. Nervous. <laughs> she's ready to go. A little flutter. Mm-hmm. And I mean... In so many ways, this mirrors their first reunion in Great Hunt. She prepares herself. She's nervous. Like, Okay, can we look at that with the door shut? Oh, it's so pretty. And someone pointed out, that looks a lot more like a waygate than the waygate. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. It's got, like, all the intricacies and, yeah. Yeah. Also, I... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but the idea that, like, yeah, it is the door, and then the whole, there's a framework around it with a gateway. Like, I'm looking at sort of the frame. So it's got the door in the middle, and then these sort of four bars connected by four knots at the edges. And between them, there's sort of what looks like weaves, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, this almost looks like a representation of a gateway to me in Angriol form. Damn, you're right. And it's even got the, like, symbol at the top for, yeah, like, a bur- yeah, weaves coming out of the channel or, like, god damn, yeah, no. Th- I I firmly believe that this is a Turangriel that creates a gateway to a, a safe little bubble space um, that, and I think she's perfectly safe there, and that's why she's okay sending Lan away, because, and Lan doesn't know that, because that's Aes Sedai business exactly how <laughs> she's making this happen. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I... Love that. This is literally a gateway to Rangrial. Um, and it looks like a gateway that you would channel. It looks like an object you would channel into to make a gateway if you're a book reader. Oh my god. Love. Now, the question is the gateway to where? That's a question we'll have to answer in a minute. Mm-hmm. And also observe her hands gesture and how incredibly evocative it is. <laughs> okay, so she channels oh, into the center. Cool. Of the gateway and the weaves sort of, it's almost like she, it presets what the weaves are going to look like and you just fill them in sort of also like it with the white rod, the, the oath rod, right? You sort of fill in the weaves and that creates the, the, the weave for you. Which sort is like how it gets described. It, yeah. Yeah. And it's how it gets described in the books uh, with the actual uh, traveling or with the call box. Um, the power flows into the runnels, and that was always a really cool description that didn't get used enough. I think Rafe agreed with me about that description not being used enough, because now that's how Tarangri all work. Yeah, and little Jen points out, like, electricity flowing into circuitry. Yeah, you totally. Use, you just provide power at the two points, and power throws through it and does whatever it does, and then you have a computer. It's just too prompt. Yeah, the only other thing about this scene that is a slight fail is they forgot to take her ring off in some of the shots. And oh, they did? But she takes it off on the desk, but then when she goes yeah. to close the door, it's on her hand again, and then when mm. she makes the weave, it's off again. That's just an error. Oops. 
I like how we thought she was. This was a flashback scene because the lighting is so harsh. It makes her, her look hair much, much down. younger. She's dressed yeah. in white. She's trying to be the novice girl that she was before everything changed in their relationship. We were right to think she was de-aged. She de-aged herself, literally. Yes, but the, the harsh lighting also <laughs> makes it look very, yeah, very. Her face changes yeah. her face. Yeah. Yeah. Now, partially why I don't think this is just a gateway and why I think this is the world of dreams is this right here. When you step through an open gateway, you just step into that like it's another room. This very much feels like leaving your body, entering another world, entering a dream, perhaps, rather than just entering another room mm -hmm. through a gateway. I agree. And now we have this hut. And I need to pause and I want to go back. Yes. We're at 3309. I want to go back and compare this hut to the hut she grew up in, because I do believe they're the same. I agree strongly. It's just a little more furnished. Just a little more furnished. But do we get... So here's a decent shot of her hut. I mean, door, mm -hmm. frame, everything. This is... Take in, Lauren. As, unraveling. We need a map. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just more furnished. She's just got nicer stuff in it, because... It's a dream. And so she can have the nicer shit to make that the slightly more comfortable place than it was when she was growing up. Just slightly. But like, look, even the hammock is there that she was sleeping mm -hmm. in. Like all the fishing mm -hmm. nets, like yeah. there's some nicer curtains hanging in the corner. But yeah. yeah. She's, got I, she's got lamps, you know, that they didn't yeah. have before. Like whatever, you know, nice. But these are the nice same textiles. walls, same place. Yeah. I, and this is 40 years later. I cannot believe that this is a real place. No, I, it has it to burned down dreams. in the cold open right. 40 years right, ago. Right, 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 <laughs> yeah, right. No. Of course. So it's destroyed. So there's no way it's the same place, but it is the same place. I, I'm saying World of Dreams confirmed. I don't care what the bonus material says. I, I don't think the bonus material says it's not some part of the World of Dream constellation of features. I don't think that the bonus material explicitly takes that away and yeah this this is a dream this is a dream space that they are going to in the flesh where they are safe where everything is under their control there is ample evidence across this entire sequence that that is the case um yeah and i don't i don't care what anyone says and keep an eye on their clothes yes same same oh chat said this is the place she would have built for her family <laughs> my heart <laughs> don't smile I'm like I know I know oh my god they're everything about their interaction is like we could go over every gesture because it's just all delightful and wonderful um it's just so great it's so great um and they both do that to each other they both like disarm each other's anger with being cute and they're both like god damn it why are you like this why am I like this around you and it's just oh they're so cute also, she was waiting on Moraine. That's where her line, she waits for one woman and it's not you. Um, Swan was literally waiting on her. One thing I'll point out on the reverse shot here. Mm -hmm. Does that behind her head, partially obscured, that looks like another frame to return to the White Tower. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I agree. I think I, it, you see it a little better in a different one. But yeah, um, that's it's definitely there. <laughs> I hate it when you call me mother. Or She's is also just dressed in white. Notice that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that actually, I take it back. I think that might just be a mirror behind her head. 
Because oh. you can see a distinct reflection of the wall in the mirror. Oh. Hmm. 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 Love to hear what people think, whether that's uh, the Terran Grail back or just a mirror. Mm-hmm. What does she have in her hand that she put aside? She was mending a net. She was just working on mending a net because that's the kind of idle work that, you know, her father would have done while waiting for someone or something like that. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a mirror. Yeah. She was practicing her knots like her dad told her to and her lures. That very much mirrors Leandrin's touching of her earlier. Only this time Maureen leans into it instead of Mm -hmm. holding herself aloof because this is actually the touch of a person who she does love and want to contact. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we'll just pause here for a second. (laughs) The music, the eyes, the everything, it's just, it's so gratifying to see their relationship fully fleshed out on screen. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about the love pentagram before, right? Suan Moraine, Tom, Gareth Britton, and um Morgase. Morgase. Yep. Uh which I hate. This may so yeah. You hate all of that? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like RJ's need to pair people up with people who knew each other's exes. It's just a lot. Um, well, I mean, fuck, it's one big family when you come back down to yeah, it. Really. And, yeah, and I'm not a, the hugest fan of that. <laughs> That's um, that was prevalent in fantasy though. The the Sure. Sure. The lines of 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 bloodlines make a difference for you. What um you know, Rand is the chosen one partially I mean it's it's he could be born to anyone, but it's partially because of his bloodlines. It's like this weird like he is the rightful king of Andor in some ways. Aside from the fact that kings can't rule Andor, but yeah. Well, yes, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, and yeah. But the cool thing about this relationship is not just that it's still alive and being shown in all of its lovely complexity and non-cishet male gaze. <laughs> oh my god. That's one of the best parts about this sequence is that it is not shot by a clueless straight man. <laughs> at Doesn't all. Doesn't like... one, though. <laughs> <laughs> because good art is good art. Okay, like c- yeah. the cishet lens... The cishet male lens that doesn't examine itself is boring for everybody. Like, it's diversity makes better art. The other really cool thing about this relationship um, that in the show that I did notice people talking about that I wanted to bring up is that these women are both older. I Sedai age in a different way than normal women, but still... They're well over, I mean, they're, four, they're well past 40. The so actors, they're past their yeah. last fuckable day, according to right. Hollywood. They are well past their last fuckable day, and they are having a hot, sexy encounter. And they're interracial lesbians. Like, they've just got, I mean, remember when Captain Kirk was amazing for kissing a, a black woman? Like, obviously we don't because we're too young, but like, as a culture, can we remember that that was not that long ago? And now we've we've got, you know major fantasy with women doing it and i just that's it's something i hadn't noticed no one of my good friends in virginia his parents weren't allowed to legally get married in virginia when they got they got married in a different state but Mm -hmm. they you know that's it's very recent living memory for a lot of people that this relationship would have just been yeah and so so it's women they're older and they're interracial and it's just I hadn't noticed all those layers at first, uh, but when you put it all together, it's 
it's nice. It's sad that it's remarkable, but it is remarkable. Yeah. Um, but it is shot in a loving and beautiful way that's not exploitative. So it's like, could it get any better? I I am skimming Twitter only the slightest, but according to Twitter, no, it couldn't get any better. Everyone's just melting for this entire interaction and everything that goes into it. Um, and it's really pleasing to the eye and to the heart. And to the story. Right? Like, we all were like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess they got together back then, but now they're mature. I guess they don't bang anymore? That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, it was always such a weird change to make. And and it's definitely something we've talked about being like, I mean, I guess now that they're not novices, it's not okay. That seems weird. Yeah, because it was just a college thing. It's just for girls. It's not for mature women, certainly not for blues that are dedicated to their cause and on and on. Yeah, no, and I do think it adds to the story to give Moraine a more human dimension. We're seeing her far more upset, distressed, excited, in love, angry. We're seeing so much more of her because this is the one person she can relax around. And it it, it it just, I think it adds to the story a lot to give Moraine, our main character, this human side that has been very lacking on purpose up until now. I kind of think of it like the first time you see your teacher outside of school and you realize that like they have to go grocery shopping and you're like, Oh wow. They eat right. Yeah. And like, I feel like there's a similar sort of, uh, experience with Rand and Moraine, where Rand like sees her as an Aes Sedai, and here we're seeing her outside of quote-unquote class, you know? No longer is she just interacting with Rand, which is how we always saw her in Eye of the World. We're seeing her in her own element. You know, how much POV do we get from Moraine in the, before she goes away? Not much at all. And no, we've got more POV any. from her. Yeah, yeah hardly so, any. Mm -hmm. And it's usually I about the boys. Yeah. Another thing to point out about this is that Rosamond and Rafe both wanted Sophie to be Swan. And Rosamond wrote Sophie like a letter being like, please take this role, please. I really want to play opposite you for this. And then you watch this scene and the chemistry they have. And it's like, also on your knees, which is, that was an ad lib. Moraine's? Yeah. It was an ad-lib, and that means that Sophie's reaction to it is, like, that that's an improv real reaction. Um, I, I have a hard time believing that's in, improv with the earlier setup for it, with the on your knees and the whole ceremony around that. I haven't watched the interviews in which that quote is claimed, but um, it's considered canon by the people that I follow on Twitter. So, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> So that cut to black was just mm -hmm. the way RJ would have wanted it. Yep. Just a bunch of eyes and hands and meaning and then cut to black. That's how RJ would have wanted it. And I appreciate it. And then two people smoking in bed afterwards. <laughs> just drinking in bed and being like, yeah. Um, there's one other note. Okay. When she says no love, but the seat in that whole buildup, all I could think about was a Gwen. Please let her have no love but the seat. Please. Please, 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 <laughs> no please, please. No goblin. No goblin. No <laughs> um, Daddy needs a new pair of boots. <laughs> no whammy. No goblin. No, yeah, anyway. uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That scene just, it makes everyone happy. Even people who aren't queer, it makes them happy. <laughs> and they are in new clothes, but obviously they took their clothes off. So that's not unexpected. 
I think the fact that they're in different color clothes that have color and have patterns and are beyond that whole like novice coloration. I mean, and admire this Paisley. Swan loves Paisley. This is something I noticed in this episode. Swan has a thing for Paisley. So I stand her even harder than ever because I also love Paisley. Um, so she has excellent taste in patterns, but it's like the tension has been released. This is afterwards and they've dressed in something a little more like normal. Like if they lived here, this is the kind of clothes they might wear. Right. And Catherine Kay is pointing out there appears to be a white dress uh, on the bench right there. What yeah, because that wearing. was like, woo, we're done with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Also, she's wearing her ear cuff, which she was not wearing before. Who um, is? Moraine. Moraine? Yeah. Yeah. She's on her right ear. She's got that gold cuff. And she didn't have it on before. So this is another one of the things where either they fucked up or it's Teleron Riyadh and bits of jewelry can come and go. And that is a piece that she thinks of having. I want to think that it was a gift from Swan. And when she wears it, it's a way of displaying that. But like no one ever knows because Swan gave it to her in private. Um, so she like wears it to the hall to get exiled and all this stuff. And it's like, it's just right there in front of everyone, but nobody knows what it means because otherwise they fucked up by having it in here. And I don't want them to have fucked up. Um, well, with her hair down, it's, I'm having a hard time. I'm going to go back to when her hair was up. That's the so other it's ear. on this ear. That's the other ear. Oh, I, feel, I thought I saw it in the mirror there for a second. It's <laughs> so deliberately it obscuring. Damn head. Yeah, okay. So, well, I don't think it was there. Um, maybe, did we see her jewelry on the table at one point? Yeah, we're getting a great shot of the other ear. And then she manages to cover that one right up. Oh, there. It's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm choosing to believe that that's evidence for Teleron Riyadh. The thing I thought was going to give me real evidence was Swan's tattoo. Um, and it didn't, unfortunately. The, the Her child version is a mirror of her adult version. Um, and I got to think that's just a weird error that they weren't able to reverse. Um, there's I can't headcanon a reason for why that would be. In, unless the whole cold open was a... A memory and everything was reversed but that just it, it, none of that I, I, I think it's just seems a like a mistake yeah oh well I also like that Maureen criticizes her taste in ale because she's still <laughs> country girl at heart it's interesting so it's like she's like we're basing it on our very specific prophecies whereas Maureen's like I don't know there's a lot out there yeah it's really cool uh, exposition and world building all piled into one thing um and yeah again like she's just being so scientific about it um yeah and i love her dress too also like that is a comfy hot climate sort of drape uh it looks uh as lilijen is saying in chat hecking comfy <laughs> <laughs> You know, when I hear the many-headed dragon, everyone's like, oh, it's the um, dragon It's multiple people. I always think of Tachesis from Dragonlance, or any D&D game, essentially. 5e is the five-headed uh, dragon queen who's a multi-headed dragon and she's got five heads the one of each the one of each of the five colors. Um, I think it's black, white, blue, green, red. Nice. I tend... Nice. I tend to think first like of like hydras 
um, you know, from Greek mythology, you know, the serpent where you cut the head off and then two more spring up and then so on and so forth. You learn an exponential lesson while being rendered by an evil creature. Um, but then the other thing I couldn't help but think of was, um, well, first of all, all the fan uh, speculation that raged when they introduced the concept of Egwene's Taviran. And I just like that they're just like, let's just talk this out. The conversation that you all ha- were having on Twitter while we were filming this. Uh, let's just talk this out. Um, but then the other thing is The City We Became by N.K. Jemison, where she literally takes the soul of New York and splits it into five different people. <laughs> Um, to tell that story. And that is the entire premise of the city we became. That's not a spoiler. That's a hook. Um, so I mean, obviously that, this headline has nothing to do with that, but that's where my mind goes. It's like, well, it worked for Jemison. So, I mean, she's not wrong to consider it. So yeah, the vision of the baby being born at that moment. So that seems to be pretty accurate. That seems to be like they're keeping it out of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously without he is being born. Right. Sure. Sure. Which Book Moraine would never suggest never. bringing in never. the other sisters ever in a million years. Like when they were accepted on the brink of becoming sisters, yes, she did suggest bringing them in. And Swan was the one who said no. So they're keeping that. But Book Moraine, 20 years in, never in a million years. Would Which makes me that. wonder. I think what they're just trying to do is show some doubt. Like, be like. <laughs> The Book Moraine that we know would never have shown doubt, but here in the privacy of Teleron Riyadh, she can, um, and I'm dying on that hill, she can talk to someone. I'm dying with you. I will watch your six. <laughs> <laughs> that smile for Moraine. Yeah. Their, their interaction is so pure. They, oh, God, they have so much chemistry. I love them so much. And that's probably the cutest that Rosamund Pike has ever actually looked. Oh my god, for real. I hear like whippoorwills in the background, mm-hmm. lots of birds and animals. I love the background uh, soundscape. It's really well done. I said this was a bedroom scene. I said it was a bedroom scene when we got it in the trailer. I was fucking right. <laughs> Finally, I was right about something. It was obviously a more casual scene between the two of them. We weren't sure if it was like, oh, in the baths or like what the meeting situation was. But No, but yeah, I, I said like, like that soft lighting in her hair down. That's mm-hmm. got to be a very intimate moment where they're talking, frankly. I knew it. I knew it. And then she gives such a good line. Or she did. And we skipped it because I was talking. <laughs> okay. First, I want to I wanna just go back just real quick. Maureen kept the I will kill them myself. One. I thought. Okay. I thought we. Um, we. According this? to my notes, it's before this. Right there. Yeah. I'll kill him myself before I let them have him. I'm so glad that they kept her give, giving that line in a steely tone of voice, not to them, but I'm really glad that they kept that line. I would have liked to see it delivered to the boys themselves, because that explain so much of their distrust of her. Yeah, they had her accidentally kill a fairy man instead. So, the dreams. I have questions. Suwon is not a dreamer in this series. And where does she think the dreams are coming from? Why does she trust them? Why don't they ward their dreams? Why don't they assume that dreams can come from the goddamn dark one? Like, yeah, why? Yeah, no, I'm just you have a dream and you're trusting it? What? Why? Why? It, I, I need the fish guy from Star Wars right now. 
this is clearly a trap. Like, oh, I'm so weak and wounded. What? Call an ambulance, but not for me. Like, not that, for me. <laughs> why? Why is why is the most powerful woman in the world not able to ward her dreams and not able to wonder if her dream? Like, what are we not getting? The only way this makes sense is if she is a dreamer and has some kind of training or a Turangrial or some way of confirming and protecting, because otherwise this is just Swiss cheesing the plot so hard, I don't even know what to believe. And thank you, chat, for giving me the gif of the fishman from Star Wars. I appreciate that. That makes me feel better. But it is big Supergirl energy. Big Supergirl energy. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't watch Star Wars. <laughs> why and why do they know that? Why is it certain death? Why it's, they, is we don't know? It, Swan points out we don't know that. Moraine is assuming that and saying it like a fact because because she has to be willing to accept that they will all die in order to take them. She has to be willing to make that sacrifice and that choice for them. Put up four normal people against the Forsaken, and are like, go defeat him. He's going to just mow down and the idea is that only the drag dragon will be the only one who can survive that probably yeah and i love that swan's like the fuck are you getting hung up on it's the world so what if four people die like why why are you making this a big deal which again book moraine would be a lot more okay with that i don't think she'd be defending she'd be arguing against quite as hard i guess maybe she's afraid of herself or land dying also but i mean it's like even then i don't think that she would be, I don't think she would be that concerned about dying herself because we see her with Lanfear. Like, it's just, it's weird to me that she's like, but in, innocence may die. It's like, yeah, that's what happens when you try to save the world. Um, yeah. But I love that, that Swan, like, gives her these eyebrows, which is like, so, and like, that's all she says. It's just, it's like, eyes. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's harder because she knows them. That might be it. Also, let's point out, you know where Bialzamon is. You don't know where the Dark One is. Yeah, that's... I'm very curious about how much their incorrectness to book canon is because they're wrong versus because things have been changed. Like, there's a lot of stuff where, like, they said, we don't know, so anything that you think we've changed from canon, you don't know that we've changed from canon. We've just changed what the eyes and I think they know. Um... I'm so curious, like, how the eye actually plays out. Again, I think it's an assumption, but not a, like... It just seems like a lethal situation. Only the dragon could possibly survive that confrontation. But that, yeah, it's an assumption. It's not certain. That's a rough statement, because it's not going to be this one. It's really, really rough. But it harkens back to Hila. Being like, I can make a world where the next time that we spin out, the world is a better place and we can have more time together. And that's, oof, hope of salvation and rebirth. And then Moraine's like, hell, I'm sleeping my last night with you, maybe in my life. And again, there's that mm-hmm. dating and passing through a gateway that brings them back to the yeah. White Tower. And their, their uh. comfort is just they can't be in the real world. 
And I don't mm-hmm. think they're in Tel Aran Riyadh proper because that's a very dangerous place. I think they're in a place that is secluded and safe and bubbled off and is based on Tel Aran Riyadh, but is not just the open world <laughs> of Tel Aran Riyadh. Uh, MMO, you know, and we've been told they're doing it with the world of dreams, right? Like I just, Rafe says you have to have the world of dreams. So I, I don't know the the idea that it's just a teleportation when it's to her childhood home, recreated beat for beat with more furniture is like I, I mean she's certainly powerful enough as the Emerald to create a space like that and have it kept up but that seems like an unnecessary risk huge security risk yeah. she would never be meeting Moraine somewhere that anybody else knew about at all like also it looks no. way too kept up to have been neglected for two years mm-hmm. yeah no it's beautiful it's perfect they change their clothes like they've got ale it's just it's too perfect it's like a dream and you can teleport to a dream in the flesh fine that is an argument you can make it's poor word choice to a book reader but Fine. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This bitch again. Yeah. And so he's recovered. He's, so he's apparently drinking himself, which is very Matt-like to do. Like, oh, so crap. Matt. That just happened. I'm mm-hmm. getting a drink. Mm-hmm. Very Elida. Right there. It's so Elida. This is so, so, so Elida. Like, if you told me this was Elida right now, I'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
then she just snaps. <laughs> Moraine's just like, I am a Kyrianan and a blue, and I want to take this shit from your red bitch ass anymore. And it's beautiful to see. I, I love it. Okay. So. Yes, let's get into this. There's layers. She meets a man mm-hmm. in the North Harbor. Clearly true based on her reaction. Moraine seems to be implying that it's a lover and that the mm-hmm. Red Sisters would then come down on him for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you agree that that's sort of what Moraine is saying? Yes, I agree that that is what Moraine seems to be saying. And that is how Leandrin is reacting to a T. And that is formulaic, I think, on her part. She is reacting as one would expect her to react if that was a true accusation. Mm -hmm. However, I think that that being the obvious thing means it's the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple of suggestions as to what the actual thing, who is she meeting and why. Um, Option one, Padden Fane. That's definitely the obvious conclusion that most people have leapt to. Yeah. Because again, if we have her as an Elida analog, Elida met with Patton Fane. Fane's the man in the North Harbor. He would be the only person who is, we know is in Tarvalon who would be shocking to see. Option number two, a family member who can channel that she's protecting, a male channeler perhaps, uh, a, a Dragon Reborn candidate that she's been protecting this whole time. Less likely to me. I feel like she's... That would be very complicated and out of left field. Um, A third option, dark friend contact. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, just a contact in general, not faint. Not faint per se, but a dark friend, yeah. Or a forsaken or something, you know, something like that. Some sort of, like, nefarious dark one or, 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 you know, a a shawmail. Entirely possible, right? Like... I don't think Ishamayel is showing up as a random man that her eyes and ears can spot. That doesn't check out. I saw another suggestion in chat, maybe a son. That seems very unlikely, but totally possible. Um, to have a child, particularly a male child, would be rather a breach of red protocols. Um, but and I don't. Yeah, and someone's I, suggesting maybe a Sean Chan person. I doubt that. I don't think they've. Uh, penetrated this far inland yet? I think they're they're still out at sea. They haven't even made landfall yeah. yet. So I, I would agree with that. Sean Chan, it's too soon for Sean Chan, and I mean it's particularly for a nice to die and Sean Chan. Um, that's going to be a very slow progression of an alliance. Um, yeah, when I first watched the scene, I thought maybe they were bringing in that piece of Pavara where she no not favara i am sorry favara that was not polite to you um ah uh, that and really annoying one that uh logain bonds who's the red that logain bonds um tovain uh tovain gazal the one who leads the mission to the black tower um who is not a dark friend she ends up getting turned uh manually i guess you could say <laughs> that's a terrible way of putting it um but tovain i i thought maybe they're bringing that piece of tovain's character that she actually did like sleeping with men and did have to well it was on her exile that she had to sneak around to find a man to sleep with but like that that little piece of her character is bringing brought into this because sister amalgamation that was my first read was like the simple read of like well there is a red who that would work for. So maybe they're bringing that forward. But, you know, I thought about it. I thought about how well she played into Moraine's hand. I saw people discussing it in Discord and on Twitter. 
and it was just like that is too simple of an explanation that she's got a male lover um and she reacts so perfectly to that accusation like giving it to moraine that it's like that was too easy um but then with pot on fame as a candidate moraine hasn't been back for very long this sounds like it's someone that she like it's a secret she's been she's known about for a while it sounds like it's not something she just learned about that that might just be me misinterpreting i I think this is all since they've returned okay all since they've returned so and i think they've been back longer i think they've been back for a couple weeks at this point maybe like a week at this point it's hard to really be sure maybe a week i don't think they've been back for very long um but Fane definitely would have had time to get here. He had knows he needs to meet people here. And if Leandrin is still a dark friend, then contact with Fane totally makes sense. There might also be like a slightly regular meeting that has happened before, a regular spot where meetings happen. And her eyes and ears have brought her fragmentary reports and she's drawn the wrong conclusion. And Leandrin is just like, yes, you caught me. You caught me. I'm banging. Oh darn! You sure do have me over, over the, over the fire. I'm yeah, whatever. Like, I mean, have you seen Fane? He's mm, no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, Leander, and I am still very confused about where she's going to actually fall as a character. But that it can't actually be the lover. I think Moraine's just wrong. Um. In, in this instance. And Leandrin is playing into that, which makes her seem more like a dark friend than ever. <laughs> so, mm, but maybe not. Maybe she's just a snake, a pure snake. That's fine. <laughs> Loyal. Very upbeat. Yes. <laughs> Those boots, you can see just how much um, they're pumping up his soles on those. Yeah, his feet and his hands are huge. He's like a puppy dog that hasn't gotten into his full size yet. <laughs> the, the haste at which I was encouraged to respond. Maureen has dealt with O'Gear before. Yeah, it's but also I like that this loyal is a little bit more um, directly critical yes. of humans in this. He's less euphemistic and more just bluntly saying exactly what he thinks and i love it so much yeah i, I like that. there's <laughs> I no real embarrassment so he's just like oh yeah you humans are mm-hmm. hasty and weird yeah you're frivolous with your thoughts yeah. you age quickly no like he just has no none of that embarrassment that's like it's cute in the books but with how little screen time they're actually giving him hashtag i'm mad about the deleted scene that we clearly know was from this sequence um I'm enjoying that he's got a little bit more snark uh, than book loyal. It's fun. Away. Away. The ways. <laughs> I totally thought she was going to say an opportunity because that's what everybody uh-huh. says. Crisis and opportunity, blah, blah, blah. But um, when she goes for way uh-huh. and the eyebrows and the, it's, she's so sneaky. Uh-huh. The <laughs> ways. So sneaky. Uh, that was so good. Sorry. It's, yeah. I twisted my elbow at some point during the move and I am in pain. So. I'm trying not to move it, but I just totally adjusted my seat and lifted myself up on my oh. arm and ooh, whew. yeah, I definitely I tweaked something on my elbow. So hopefully I'm in pain, by the way. That sucks. Don't, yeah. Do you need to do drugs? I've, I've done lots of drugs. You're lacking yeah. in drugs? No, okay. not at all. Uh, <laughs> 
Super girls in the hall of the tower. So we don't talk about what the help is, but we assume it's reading the guidings along the ways. It's it's the scene that we got from a little behind the scenes trailer clip where it shows him pointing at a map that Lan and Moraine are holding up because they filmed an entire scene where Anogir points at a map and tells them a bunch of stuff in a rambly voice and gives us exposition the way that Elder Haman does for Rand. And then they cut it because they want to take all of our money with selling us extra DVDs. Please sell us DVDs. Where did you, where did you see that extra content? Um, the behind the scenes episode six uh, thingamajig. Um, I've also seen people sharing a picture of it around yelling angrily about deleted scenes. And I am t- picking up a pitchfork to go join that mob because I'm mad and I want to give Amazon more money. Please give me the fucking scenes. Yeah, I just like to see bonus content. Like, why is the bonus content not the whole deleted scenes? Like, to me, that seems like if it was an extra 10 minutes of deleted scenes in every episode, that would be amazing. I, I I would die of happiness. Just give it to me. Egwene and the Armelin Seas. Mm-hmm. You're repeating yourself. <laughs> Egwene is the Armelin Seas. <laughs> yes, she is. I think we've said that sentence in a podcast. It's confusing to have the woman in the seat name the same thing. <laughs> confusing but, uh, everyone agrees Egwene yes correct question she asks all the right questions that's always what her job in the scene is is to ask the correct question that everyone else is asking her quote what did she say to talk about it if you can't she says if you can't lead the world from a room built of wood and dirt how can you call yourself a leader mm. so she's like why is the white tower so opulent and he's saying oh, I think that, yeah. Yeah, exactly so that whole conversation exactly. going on of like, like why- am I supposed to be impressed because you have a palace? Like, um, yeah. And I, it's such a naive thing to say, and yet it's nowhere in the books. No, there's no line like that anywhere in the books. There's no conversation at all like that anywhere in the books, much less between her and Lan. Um, and can we talk about? But it's such a her thing to say. <laughs> how Egwene will be leading the world from a that exact hut in the Rebel Tower. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. That's 100% foreshadowing for Egwene's power when she's in the Rebel Hall. That Leander and Erlida, whoever, will be running the White Tower, but Egwene will be the true power. Oh, my God. I did not even think of that. I love that. Absolutely foreshadowing Egwene as the Emerald Seat in Exile. Also, as Chad is pointing out, referencing that Swan is from a hut. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And is literally making world-changing decisions <laughs> yeah, from a hut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's... But I think both of those things are correct. I think that there is layer, 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 layers happening here. And I'm so, oh, so into it. That's so cool. And of course, last she knew, Nynaeve was dead. Last time she saw Nynaeve, she was being drugged away by her hair by a trollic on winter night. Like, that's the last time that they've connected. And Nynaeve presumably doesn't know what happened to Egwene this whole time. She's been told, oh, she's, well, I'll let you know, I'll let you know, I'll let you know, and hasn't been told yet. This is the first time she realizes that. I mean, assuming, she assuming she knows everything up through Shadow Logoth. Right. And yeah, but Lan probably didn't tell her, I'm taking you to see Egwene. She's just like, I need to show you the hall. Which happens to include a Gwen. And this hug from the trailer that's just mm-hmm. 
which is like we were, when we were like, oh, they're reuniting in the White Tower. This is the first time I realized we we're going to see the White Tower is seeing the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when this whole thing got teased. Yeah. And it's not you. <laughs> Love the way she <laughs> the says cool that. cool sunglasses. So many people have memed on the 8-bit sunglasses <laughs> onto her in that. And it's just like, I mean, I saw it the first time I watched it. I was like, the 8-bit sunglasses need to drop down like right now. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, cool cool women don't look back at murders. Because she murdered Nynaeve there. I was like, eh, eh, I'm not waiting it's on so you. It's so good. It's so good. I, yes. And yes. Can we contrast this room with Moraine's how much furniture it's is how so rich pretty. how full it is yeah how comfortable so it looks books. Yeah. so many books look at all the books all right she's got like a reading stand on the left she's got a reading stand to her uh, on an, by her side she's got a table full of books what is the real she's got two bookshelves yeah. a stack of books sitting by the fire uh, a chair with a cushion two chairs with cushions what's the circular uh, thing on top of the book Yarn? I don't know. For weaving? Maybe. Maybe. I I have no idea. Uh, you can see her picture over the fireplace is open. Her. The, and it. Traveling to is a pi- Yeah. Which happens, just, just so happens to be a misty picture of the fingers of the dragon with a boat fishing in the reeds. Just by sheer coincidence that Zayce clearly Rafe didn't read the books because he didn't get that detail exactly right. He's got that deal too. Exactly right. It's exactly right. So much stuff on the desk behind them. There's like so, like a cool blue box. There's like well, weird the lampy box, things. There's, of course. Yeah. There's like the, if you of open. Of course, it's the warden. Yes. I. Yeah. This is. I mean. Well. Yeah. It probably is. This is. Her, this is her study. Um. And it's she's got all kinds of cool like steampunk gadgets and so many books and, and, and boxes and re- these cool reading stands and and plants growing all through the the grill work on her balcony thing no what one of my favorite parts about the description of the white tower is that all the various i said i have is their chambers are uniquely their own and i and that's why i'm always i'm a little disappointed in moraine's study being as but i understand why they went with bear because she travels and so she doesn't actually put anything of herself in the tower um but it's just it's sad that there's nothing there because I would have liked to get a glimpse of Moraine's personality through her room and a uh, personality no, besides that's the not cold. her home I know I know her home is her boots and the, the saddle yeah, and the brooding and man her saddle and her cape and yeah. it's like that's that's how she interacts but yeah I am so glad you guys caught that 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 box is it's the burny flamey box that's going to burn a thieving fisher bird's hand at some point here <laughs> Egwene bows Nynaeve does not Egwene Egwene imitates because she wants to because Egwene wants to be the best little student and be the best little eyes to die and do absolutely everything to the max and be the A plus student because that is who she is and all of us overachievers absolutely love her for that and then Nynaeve is like cold stare in the eyes for existing (laughs) she's so angry she's so Nynaeve and look at their braids just the two braids contrasted. And yeah, and her chair's on like a beautiful rug, you know? I actually do want that bookshelf with those sides. Oh my god, so yeah. pretty. So pretty. She snipped! She snipped! She snipped! 
Also, that was a sniff. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even yeah, notice. It was that. a sniff, and if you stop on that moment, you can kind of see her ring, and well, as well as her choice of having Paisley as the lining fabric on her robe, because she loves Paisley, and I love her for loving Paisley. Oh yeah, Paisley's that like sperm-looking uh, decoration that's on. It's almost like the half of the I said the I. flame, yeah. the teardrop kind of shape, but it's more elongated and it's kind of spermy. Um, we. We who like Paisley tend to ignore that to the best of our abilities. Um, <laughs> um, I do agree. It's a little weird that she introduces herself as Swan, not Swan's die. But I guess it's because they're not really initiates of the tower yet. So, like... There's a whole... She's trying to absolutely butter them up. Like... Have you ever been to an admissions college? This beginning is like, I'm cool. Let's I, hang... I'm, I'm grateful. That sounds awful. That sounds if terrible. anyone has been to sort of admissions, this like buttering you up, this is the great thing, we think you'll be very happy here, I'm so happy here, there's no problems, this is very much, it feels college admissions, and then Nynaeve's like, okay, cut the bullshit, let's talk about what's actually going on. And she's, and that's when her whole tone changes. So that's why I think the whole inter- introducing herself casually, it's just like, call me John. I'm not the bad guy. I'm just the dean here at the college. And if you get in trouble, I'll come down on your ass like a motherfucker. You know, like there's this definitely like tone change that happens. Mm, but check out the, so check out the, the painting behind her. Really good shot of it. It's that, that is where she grew up. That is the bend on the river. Um, and it's got a little little boat fishing and raids. It's not exactly in like I imagined it from the books, but it could fit the description in the books without really being different. Um, but then check out her ring. Also, you can see her ring. It's just slightly below the frame. <laughs> Egwene's face. Yes. <laughs> she, she thinks of the talking about her, and it's like you 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 set a rope on fire, uh-huh. girl. Like you are not the most powerful channel they've seen in a thousand years. Not yet. You'll get you'll get pretty pretty high up there but um <laughs> and yet you know she's you're right there's a better shot of the ring the exile one omerlin to another <laughs> yeah yeah no, there is that like you every did, time i see them in iraq you did every a noble, time god can you imagine her them being because they're gonna be so close with suan being her advisor for such a long time every time uh-huh. i see them in a scene together i'm like this relationship's gonna be so different at some point because because and I can see it being amazing. Like having seen them interact this little bit, it's just oh my god. The other cool thing I want to point out about this scene is that there are four women in the room. One of them is white, and she's acting like the servant, while the three women of color discuss important matters. Moraine just opens the door, closes the door, stands quietly, doesn't say anything. Like there's this whole subtext of looks and subtext with Swan for sure. But like, she's not engaged in this at all. She's just like standing in the corner. It just naturally comes when you cast your people appropriately and you have major characters who are people of color. Sometimes you're going to have them dominating our room because that's, I just, yeah, I like the optics of it. That that just happens because it's, that's the argument that's always given for where it's really, racist and it's like well that's just how we cast it but like how many people are subconsciously or consciously mad at this balance of power it's like that's just how we cast it oops <laughs> but yeah i love 90s response here anyway enough buttering us up what do you want yes i love her she's so 
<laughs> and that's where the, I feel like the tone change, where she's like, oh, fine. Her face changes, Just, her shoulders set different. Like, it's all. She goes from a casual like, oh, back to standing up. And that thoughtful thing she does, like with Loghain. Yeah, yeah. And Nynaeve doesn't know it, but this is a woman who started out poorer than she did. No, that whole... No, there's a lot of real life experience going into that this right now. And yeah, a, a lot of um, this is something I feel like I've, I've felt like the idea that you have certain expectations of what life is going to be and that there's some real bitterness when it doesn't turn out that way, not irrespective of whether it turns out better or worse. It's just not what you expected. And what she's basically saying is that sucks. Get over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um it's how it is. Deal. <laughs> and then she it's like she's talking to Moraine. This whole thing is addressed to Moraine as much as anyone else, which is why they keep putting shots on her face, because she's talking to Moraine. It's ah my heart. And she's also yeah, the conversation is I want to be with you, but we can't. And that's mm-hmm. regretful. The wheel calls us to do this and we don't have a choice. That finger. That finger. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, that's all she has to do. And Nynaeve is like nailed to the floor. <laughs> yeah. This, also, I that feel is that like I am this, still the most powerful woman in the world. <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I am older and more experienced than you. And yeah. I do know what I'm talking about. And I feel like part of what she's saying also is like the two of you have been called to greatness. That's what happened to her and Moraine. 20 years ago was they were through no intention of their own called to do this work and got no choice about it. So it's like, I'm assuming if Tamra was part of the scene with Katara, she probably used very similar language to tell those two accepted. Like you need to lie to Aes Sedai. You need to not tell anyone. Like I bet this language she's recycling this and Moraine's like throwback Monday. Okay. I love that idea that she's just recycling a, a, a lecture that she got when she was about that age, when she and Moraine had to go hunt the dragon, that this is something that came from that, from Tamara Osprey. Love it. That's my head cannon. I invite you to share it. <laughs> and we get our winter is now coming. Now we know where that line yeah. comes from. <laughs> the last battle is coming. Oh, yeah. Winter is coming. <laughs> Similar sort of effect, though. Like, the, this, this battle, something is going to happen. Egwene immediately. Egwene. Yeah. Action. Green Aja, let's go. <laughs> the only thing that matters is what you do. So what do we do? What's next? What's next? What's next? Let's go. Like, that's... Absolutely practical situation. Like, so should I take over as Amberlynn uh, now, or do you want to wait for a couple of seasons? Like, I think I brought up West Wing before, and I'm bringing it up again. It's when um, the president in that situation, his whole thing was, okay, what's next? Right. As soon as he's decided that we, we have reached a solution, there's no more thinking about it. There's no more going back over, you know, or debating if we should have done something differently. What's next? Moving on. Next solution. Her last look from the tower, maybe ever. This, she's emotional because this all lasts. This entire sequence is her being like, this is my last look out from the tower. This is my last time in the hall. This is my last time seeing these women. This is the last time seeing my basically wife. Like, I don't know if I'm ever seeing any of this again. Ever. Ugh. And I like that Lan here offers support like a p- companion, not like a paternalistic fuckhead, you know? Like... 
he, he, I don't know. I just, the way he offers support here is really, it's so them. It's just so them. It does seem defiant of land to suggest that. I do agree with chat. It seems like bringing your warder in for that moment would be a breach, but he's like, I'll do it. Um, if you want. But what she's saying is just make sure the two rivers folk are at the wigging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she says, I can deal with this humiliation and pain on my own. I don't need anyone at my back to be comforting. I just need you to assemble my pawns. Um, but I love that he offers in that way where he's like, I'm here to help you break protocol. However, like, I am here for you. And and it's it's very good of him. He'll protect her through anything, even you know, stand by her no matter what. Evil yeah. eye of <laughs> all the eyes that die the entire hall. Um, yeah, yeah, good man. Yeah, that shot. Oh, Saying goodbye shot. to the two rivers, mm -hmm. to the Tarbalan. Yeah, yeah, she may never get to be up there again. Also, the costume designers must have loved that front back double shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, let us flex our skills and our talents. I love that version of the song, too. It's so cool. So, do you want to talk about who we think these sitters are right now? Uh, go up a tiny bit so we can see her skirt. Because first I want to talk about her skirt. Look at how the weave of her skirt, the pattern in the fabric, allows for her to have travel stands be super obscured. It's so cool. I love that as a costuming thing. But yes. Um, you can see that on the should... balcony as well. Yeah. yeah oh, and also yeah, yeah. look at the tiles around her. You can very clearly yeah. see starting at six o'clock. This the the one on the bottom of the screen mm -hmm. and going clockwise. Yellow. You've got yellow, red. I'm pretty sure that's gray. gray. Green. Green. Brown. Blue. White. White. Yeah, and which is basically what we get at the end of the opening sequence, like the way they all come woven together, like beautiful floor. Love that floor. And then, of course, um, being yeah, in the center let's... of that is... In the center of that is a seven-spoked wheel, by the way. Don't know if you noticed that. I didn't. What? I mean, so, it's not really she's a wheel. Look what she's currently on. But, yeah. There's a seven-spoked wheel? So, if you look at the lines, see how this sort of... It's more of an, uh, I don't know, what's a seven-sided figure but there's a line between a each colored septagon septagon yeah so heptagon, heptagon is okay um so yeah there's sort of and of course because there's seven odd jaws there's seven spokes and then it's connected by sort of a ring of straight lines that moraine is in the middle of that's so cool yeah yeah but yeah let's find a cool screenshot to talk about the sitters um because that's important. Well, I, I can always just bring the screenshots back up. I still have those. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's let's do that. Let's bring those let's bring those shots up because this is a good time to All talk right. about that. I'm going to start with the red. Um, now the three reds that I have. Did we just lose video? No, there's no? okay. Um, the three reds that I have in the hall of the tower at this point are Teslin, Pavara, and Elida. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I have as well. Now, is this Tesla and Pavar and Elida? I don't know. I don't know. Um, if it was, then Pavara has to be the middle one, the older one. Yes. And that's got to be Pavara. Oh, well, see, does it though? I would, mm. yeah. Mm. Tesla, Tesla, Baradon is. 
mouthful, uh, the bramble ones. So yes. I'm thinking she's the tall one with the intense braid. Sure. Uh, the one over me. But that makes um, a, we made a lot of last time. Uh huh. And that makes the one on uh, our left, Elida. That on the black one. Yeah. Would be Elida. Would be Elida. If, if that's how if this process, yeah. Which I, I mean, having gone through this, I don't think there's good matches. I do not think they are keeping the hall the same. I agree, but there are some names in this that I think they can't get rid of all of them. Um, and like, so Elida is a character that either has to be actively blended with another character or has to be her own. Like we can't get rid of her. Pavara definitely could get gotten rid of. Unfortunately, I love her and Andrew, but I don't think they're going to make it at all. Teslin also, I really doubt we're going to get Teslin as a named character. I really want to. I really hope we see her in Ebudar because she's a big part of Matt's story, but I, I think she's going to get lost. Um, so yeah, I don't think that the Reds are anybody unless Elida is in fact not being combined with Leandrin, in which case one of these is probably Elida. Also, the other thing is we could have uh, Sutama is the head of the Red. So if the head of the Red is here and they're keeping that to the books, then the middle woman is Sutama. Um, but no reason to think that that will have anything to do with the plot of the show in the slightest. This is just ridiculousness. So I'll bring up the green. Okay. Which in green, we already know the middle one, sh you know. Kareni is. Because Kareni yeah, is totally dead. totally out of the timeline. Right. So, no, um, but. Yeah. Talene is an important character when it comes to the uncovering of the Black Agile later. And she is one of the sitters that's in the hall currently. We've got Talene, Rubinda, and Faisal. Rubinda and Faisal have nothing to do with anything. But Talene. If they have a discovering the Black Aja plot with the Aes Sedai, Talene might possibly uh, be there. Because why not? They have to draw from someone. And the head of the green is Adalorna. So um, one of these two women could also be Adalorna, possibly, if they're going to have a green head show up at all later in any way. And so the one closest to me seems like the best match for Talene, if you want to pick one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that the one closer to the Amarlin would be Adelorna, if I was going to pick. So I think that we, we're sure. And then we also we have can that. Uh, like Rubendel and um, Faciel. Yeah, Rubinda. Yeah, Rubinda and, and Faisal. Faisal. Yeah, Faisal. Oh, man. Faisal, I, can, I, I when, Yeah. Um, she's Damani, so she would be in silks. And this looks like a Borderlander here that we said. So mm -hmm. neither yeah. one of those is Borderlanders, um, you know, manner. Yeah. So, and, yeah, and just to be clear, we do not expect any of this to matter to the show. It's just we are what spoilers. And this is what I do is I aggressively over historicalize everything. Um, so don't think that we're putting any stock in this with respect to the show. This is just a fun tangent. So Gray. Gray, we've got Verilyn, Yukiri, and Evalyn. I don't think any of those matter, except for Yukiri. Again, if we have that Black Aja discovery plot, Yukiri is a central character to it. So maybe the middle one's Yukiri. I can want that. I want Green the middle eyes and a small frame. Um... Yeah, she just looks like Yukiri to me. I want the middle one for Yukiri. And in uh, current leadership, uh, that's Sarancha. Yeah. So Yukiri's the only one of the Grey's names that I think has any hope of showing up for a minor subplot later. 
Moving on to the brown. So for the brown, we've got Saren, Takima, and Janya. Saren is one of the Aes Sedai I always forget is involved in the Black Aja plot. Um, and then the head of the brown is oh, Jesse Bilal, who shows up slightly. Um, so the only one of those that might possibly come through is Saren, but I don't think so because I always forget she's part of the finding the Black Aja plot. I don't think any of the browns are going to... I think Varen is going to be our named brown character. I don't think any of the brown sitters are going to matter. And, yeah, and they're, like, and again, they're very Andorran in this. I, like, I don't see a Terran brown sitter, whereas one of these is obviously a Terran sitter. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there doesn't, there does not appear to be any correlation to me between the sitters no. here. No. Yellow. Yellow, we've got Magla, Doacine, and Sidor. None of them do anything interesting, and the head of the yellow is Serana. None of them do anything interesting in the books at all. That's pure name salad. Nothing to be had. Nynaeve's definitely going to have to have one yellow sister to talk to and have a name and have a story with. There will be a Nynaeve yellow connection at some point. I'm assuming it's going to be Romanda. The only thing I'll say with uh, Magla uh, is a large woman with broad shoulders. That could be the woman uh, on our left. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I guess one of them could be Ramonda. Um, because we know Ramonda matters uh, later in a lot of ways. So I suppose that counts, maybe. Um, one of them is elegant and, uh, let's see, Doacine is elegant and tall for a Kyrianan with dark eyes. So that could very much be the one oh. in the middle. The middle one is very elegant. Her whole mm-hmm. posture as everything is elegant. Yeah. Um, and then Sidor is uh, plump and had a round face with dark eyes and long, dark hair. Yeah, uh, that's not helpful. Tyron. So again, well, Tyron could be that would indicate the tattoo. So the one on the left could be Tyron. So that, again, I just don't think there's a correspondence. There's nothing that says this is that one. This is the, you know. No, but I do think that we might end up seeing these actresses later with those names. And the only way to know will be to watch all the seasons over and over again. I'm just spitballing my guesses for these are the names that we might see attached to one of these women. One of them might end up having that name and involved in a later plot. Because I don't think none of these sitters are going to come through. I think some sitter will come forward in some plot at some point later on. Okay, White Aja. Sayora, Cian, and Valina. Cian is the one I always confuse with Saren. Mm-hmm. Saren and Cian need to just be combined into one person <laughs> or they need to get off the damn stage. They are wine named Salad is a, is a thing. And the white Aja head is Farain. Farain? Yeah, nope. Nothing of interest there. Sorry, I'll, I'll say Valina is a Saldean. Um, and that could be the one in the middle, possibly with the, again with the sh- just based on the dress because we know the shoulder pads are, are Borderlander. Um, Cian uh, is Merindian, um, blue eyes, thick black hair. Um, oh, one of them has black hair. Yeah, could be the one left. The one with the chin tattoo. Yeah, and Siora is Damani, um, stocky, 
yeah, uh, there's no, yeah, it's again, <sighs> nothing, nothing yeah. stands out right. to me. Bring up the blue because the blue has uh, the other half of Romaine in it. It's Lelaine, Lyrell, and Unknown, but we clearly know uh, it's Megan in this case, well, and yeah. the head is uh, Lelaine. Lelaine, well, no, that's because this list I have is from later on in the books. Um, so I strongly think one of these women is Lelaine. Because I think that Romaine in some iteration is coming forward. So I'm choosing strongly to believe that one of the two women on either side of Megan is Lelaine. Well, she's Candori. So. And okay, Lyrell, who's the other one, is Kyrian. And I firmly believe the person on the left is Kyrian. So that would make Lelaine the one on the right. Again, all right. The one with the headscarf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, she is officially my guest for Lelaine. <laughs> and was that all of them? Yes, that is all of the uh, I Spy okay. in the Hall. Thank you all for your patience going through that. I just I to... wanted to get some guesses in. Yep. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're about to get our good shot of the ring. It's like a gold. It's like a gold, yeah. Like an amber almost. Yeah. <laughs> I love her reaction. Oh, Hey, that <laughs> ruins everything. That's why I'm sure she's going to get collared. That's the look of someone who just felt a goose walk over her grave. 
Let yep. us talk about this. Okay. Uh, exile is causing more whispers than using the oath rod to enforce exile. What does that say about the use of the oath rod in this world? My assumption, and, and this could just be wrong, is that exile is like one step away from stealing an execution. That the order of things goes exile, then still, then execute. And so the whispering is that exile always requires the oath rod. Hmm. And so, of course, once you declare exile, the assumption is the oath rod will be taken out. That's why it's not the whisper. The whispers oh, go because, okay. oh, once you've declared exile, oh, my God, they're going to use the oath rod to get rid of her like that. That's where the, the excitement comes in, assuming that exile always involves the use of the oath rod. Okay, I could I could see that because this casual use of the oath rod to square a fourth oath it just this breaks canon so hard there needs to be some underpinnings to make that work and 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 what what i've had canon without any external information is that like yeah obviously if you're going to well i said i assumingly don't execute each other right like we've never seen that happen um they don't even execute men who can you know, go crazy and channel. So assuming there's something you can do for execution, well, there's definitely a ceremony around stilling. So I can see there being a ceremony around exile. And we don't see exile in the books. So it's, and, and I mean, we desperately need a way to bring show viewers into knowing what the oath rod is and how it works. Right. Like the part where she says, where she explains how the oath rod works. That makes no sense. There's no way that an I said I ceremony includes here's how the oath rod works. We all know how it works, but the TV audience needed to be brought into this. Um, so in that sense, I can forgive them for some ridiculous, heavy handed cannon breaking. Um, and it does create a really beautiful scene um it's just i'm gonna accept your headcanon because i like how it plugs the hole even though i think it's just a raging plot hole and i'm just gonna band-aid over it with your headcanon if we'll call it good i just i i think that exile is ex extreme for aes Sedai, right like you the white tower is home for these aes Sedai. the idea that you can't return to it is almost as bad as being stilled, right? What's the one thing that these women feel is as important as the, ta as the power? It's the tower. Yeah, the tower must true. stand, right? The tower can't be broken. How often do we talk about the tower, the tower, the tower, the tower in the books? And like exile is one step away from death. And the, the, the white tower isn't done with you until it decides it's done with you. You can't leave. Like, yeah, there's a lot to being exiled and, and being cut off from the resources. Presumably, it means she's being disowned uh, financially. And that's that's extreme. Um, and so that's, that's why and, I see where it's, it's the, you know. And the, the, there's the shunning aspect of it, too, right? You're being cut out of your community. I mean, they all turn their backs formally, right? Like she will not be seen as a person in the community of the White Tower. Even if the White Tower goes into exile to some random village, she would not be welcomed there. Like, that's how intense of a disowning and, and yeah, being made homeless. 
in a way. Um, and, and how many kingdoms yeah. do we hear? Oh, you should kill them. No, I will exile them on, you know, and return on pain of death, right? Like that is an alternative to killing somebody in a lot of cultures. And the difference is here in the White Tower, they don't have to do that return on pain of death. It's no, you can't return physically. Yeah. You cannot like you literally will swallow up an earth that cannot allow you to come back in. So, it, it, you know, that, yeah. that to me is why the oath rod is being used is that it is this sort of one step away from execution and stilling. Yeah, I'll take it. I will not to that. And that's why the whispers are so extreme. Mm-hmm. I knew she hated her, but damn. <laughs> that, and if that is a shot of Elida at that moment, by the way, that would be perfect. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right there. I want that to be like. I do too. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but I really want it it's to be. It's not. I want it. it. She can be until we learn otherwise. <laughs> Unbreakable and eternally binding. Yeah. All right. Now, no, don't grab it like it's a cock. So, do you hear about that? Yeah, I, I did. forget what channel because I'm not doing reaction videos. But um, a parrot, there's a reaction, there's an interview uh, with her from a channel that I'm not familiar with and forgetting the name of right now. Um, but apparently, she asked a really thoughtful question about this scene and how did they set it up, and uh, apparently, how to not handle it like a cock was um, the the most pressing issue and apparently half the people who've listened to that have spit taken actively and hurt themselves or their technology when they listened to that and i can't wait for when i get to go through all the interviews and reaction videos and and get to that can we also point out that they touch fingers in this moment we all saw it in the trailer that that finger touch was significant we did not know how much that finger touch was going to hurt us in our souls. Um, but yeah, no, that finger touch is more significant than we ever could have imagined. That is the last time that they will touch, almost certainly. And they know it. <laughs> and that's what that breathing out is, is that like, mm-hmm. they're feeling... That's, that's emotional tension. Yeah. There's also the, the channeling. They can pretend it's yeah. channeling, but it's it's the emotional tension. Ugh. I love the way the tendrils come out of the rod and into Moraine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So, I'm agreeing with Chet right now, right here on record. I'm headcanoning that this whole... When her voice drops, it switches... It, this is now what she's communicating with her eyes and what Swan is hearing in her heart. This is not what her mouth is saying. Her mouth is saying the oath the way everyone else is hearing it. But when mm. she, her voice drops into that, we are now in their contact. We are not. She's not saying these words in the hall of the tower. That would ruin everything. I think she's saying them quietly enough that no one else can overhear them. I think that it's that whole thing where Elida goes to Rand and, and like only says part of the prophecy where only he can hear it. Yeah. This room is so echoey. These women are so attuned to this. This is such high stakes. Like, I want to think that she said something like this when they were in the hut before she said goodbye. And just the look in her eyes is enough for Swan to hear that, like, instead and to know that that's what she, like that's that's how i'm going with this i don't like the idea that she's muttering. I, don't, I, just, I just don't i don't like it you don't you think that she's muttering yeah, but i don't like i don't like that no yeah i do i do i absolutely think she's do is well i 
I, along with many, many people <laughs> that I haven't been able to avoid seeing everywhere on Discord, uh, we're, we're not fans of the idea that she was whispering things in a room designed to amplify every sound that would ruin everything. Right? There's a whole change in tone where she whispers that part and then goes, stops, and then goes, or maybe like she brings her voice back up uh, for everyone to hear. I know. I just, it's suspicious. I don't see them doing that. I don't want it. And then you can see the it take hold, right? She's actually tensing up from the oath, like tightening, that tightening feeling. But... Yeah. I mean, so I guess yeah. we all agree that the sitters don't hear what she says, whether it's in oh, her yes. head or whether it's a lowered volume. Clearly, it's communicated just between the two of them. Yeah, we are all hearing a volume change and assuming that that is a private moment. Mm-hmm. But... The amount of tears on her face also feels really like. Uh, but that could be with the bonding. Notice. I think that's entirely the bonding. Absolutely. Like, you think they're that dumb? You think they're that blind? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I I do think that she is heartbroken. Like all this emotion on her face, at least Moraine's, could be for the exile. A little harder with the Emerald Sea, but she's not showing the same kind of emotion. Uh, she still has tears running down her cheeks. Yeah. Um, but you're right. You're right. That's fair. She has tears in her eyes, which may not be visible. So they go down her face at some point. At some point, some roll down her cheeks. It's less. It's less. But I don't see why she'd be angry. Why she'd be crying if the, she's angry with her. You know, it's just. Neck tattoos. Neck tattoos. <laughs> uh, two things. One, Chad is pointing out that everyone's turned around when the Emerlin cries. So they wouldn't have seen That's it. That's true. That's true. Okay. okay. And yeah. two, it's I find it interesting that they do know, like, the exile ceremony includes the turning around and the shunning. Everybody's aware of that. This is something that, like, this is a ceremony they have all participated in before, or at least are aware of. Yep. Yep. She looks pissed. <laughs> well, yeah, her plans are ruined. Yep. Her fate is sealed. Pura. Poor, pure, Pura. I'm calling her Pura for now, even though I know yeah, she's not no. canonically. Yeah. We're headcanoning that that's her fate. It sucks. <laughs> and she doesn't look back once. Also, a good shot of the back of all the costumes for anyone who's doing uh, costume design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she gets to watch her leave. Moraine can't look back, but Swan gets the brief luxury of getting to watch her leave. They all turn and look, and they're like, yeah, that went as badly as we thought it might. Because they can see all the backs of the sisters. Right. So they know. She's being shunned. Yeah. Leandrin waits for an extra second before she turns. Mm, Give her that. Yeah, I fuck you. Look. Yeah. And then Alana lingers longer because she's genuinely upset. It's like, aww. Yeah, Alana's genuinely bummed. I'll give you, again, Priyanka's acting. Ugh, it just stop making me like Alana. <laughs> I know, right? Especially if she's going to be combined with Myrell. Now I hate her twice as much. It's like, yeah, oh my god, two characters who both do shitty things. I mean, I, Myrell I have a little sympathy for. Um, she did what she could to save Lan's life. She just didn't know. Yeah, and enough. she's she's problematic, but Enough so that it's it's rough that Priyanka is doing such a good job with what is almost definitely an amalgamation of shitty characters. 
I love this shot of her just riding her disgraced lady riding her horse out of the city as fast as she can fucking go for all to see. Just like this is me scurrying away in exile. Look at how going away I am. Clearly noble when everyone else is a peasant. Sure. Sure. Yeah. She's on a horse. Male and female tower guards. Now we know that that's the tower guard outfit and that it's not just women. I like his haircut. Yeah, I can see why you would. <laughs> no fame. In no this, fame. As no far evidence as I can tell. of fame. No whistle. No. But we know that he's made it to Tarvalin. We know that. Meeting with certain red sister press. Hmm. Hmm. So we're in view of Dragon Mount. We can't have gone too far. We're not no, like... and the X-ray call or no, the extra bonus material something something the map thingy calls this the Tarvalinway Gate. Okay. Um. So I assume that means maybe they is there a steading or a grove like this is where the grove used to be maybe like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking that they decided to not put waygates in groves. I'm guessing that that's uh, what they they went with is that the grove and the waygate are not related uh, locations. I do kind of like the steps leading up to the opening, though. I think that's pretty. Cool I do detail. like that. I and I like the I, thickness of it mm-hmm. to create that sense of here's where you transition. Um, I like. There's a lot about the waygate that I am sold on uh, from a visual perspective. Also, it's worth noting in the bonus content um, they talk about how this was one of the most windy, cold, miserable days that they have ever shot. Like it was ragingly windy, and it was a huge technical challenge, and everyone was miserably cold. But it added to their urgency and the desperation of the thing, and it ended up helping making the acting better. But yeah, and the in the bonus content reefs like that it was windy and there's one shot where you can actually see how fast the clouds are moving like over their heads like it's miserably cold the part where they look miserably cold that's not acting that's that's real (laughs) she still has her ring yeah so she has to turn in her badge because she got you know her police license taken away (laughs) so i mean we get a lot of mandarb and aldeeb where the hell is bella and then they send the horses away just away. It's like, why Just not leave away. them? away. Yeah. Why not leave them in Tarvalin? I know. It seems like they didn't go that far. And it's not like yeah. you can't... You can't take the resources with you that the horses would have carried. That you, Like, it makes no sense to ride the horses to the waygate and then release them. Unless it was like a week to get to the waygate, yeah. which I don't think not, so, given that Dragon Mount is right there. And it's called the Tarvalin Waygate. And it's called the Tarvalid Waygate. Like, yeah, and, I, and she seems to be like, make sure they're there, and then gets on her horse and is there within a few, like, an hour or so. Like, yeah, it's the the horse plot lines are undoubtedly being slashed for budgetary reasons. Um, but again, th- th- there shouldn't be budgetary limitations on a show like well, this. I think you could slash it even more and be like, have no horses in the scene whatsoever, and just be like, we left the horses behind because they won't survive the ways. Yeah. Oh, I guess chat is saying that it throws people off if she rides a horse out and only goes a short distance. It makes it look like she's going a long distance. But I don't um, think she's trying to prevent anyone from tracking her. Like, it's, they're going to get to the ways and disappear. Like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'm, it's, I like getting horse shots. I don't like getting illogical plot shredding horse shots. Like, don't give me a horse at the expense of plot. <laughs> I wonder if she recruited Loyal. 
Oh, uh, well, no. Never mind. Two Rivers theme music! Yay! Yay! <laughs> We're back together again. Instead of... The party reunites! <laughs> instead of in Camelin, here we go. Okay, why is Rand's bow strung? His bow should not be strung. That's something that um, I forgive TV shows. That characters in fantasy walk around with strung bows. It looks fun. He better. didn't have it strung all the time, though. They've already proven they can have him with an unstrung bow. They know how to do that. In Bean Spring. That's fine, but he's like... <laughs> Riding into a dangerous place. Wouldn't you string your bow up before you go out hunting and riding? Like, sure, at night you leave it unstrung, but like... Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. He's going into he doesn't know what. Um, but I'm just saying, they know how to have him unstring his bow. I know, but I'm saying now is not the time to unstring your bow. That, I, okay, I, I will grant you that. Um, yeah. Look at how sad she is. She's like, I'm about to kill all these kids. <laughs> I'm about to take them all to certain death and they're going to die. And look how happy they are. She she has a heart and it sucks. You can see Barney Harris's cheeks are like bright red from the cold. Yeah, it's cold. He's and dressed he's, in so little. <laughs> and he's got the least amount, yeah, of clothing. Mm-hmm. Watch the back. Watch the back. <laughs> no, he's healed. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He almost kisses her. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's that, the, the that kiss almost kiss people, pose. Yeah. Yeah, they almost that, kiss like, at the exes. Mm-hmm. That part sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, though, it's been a month. Would someone get mad a new coat, please? I know. He was just in Tarvalin, which is a rich-ass city. Like, why did Moraine not just go down to the Lost and Found and grab a damn cloak? Like, it's it's because costuming-wise, they need to signal, this is Matt. It, it, it's a TV thing. You can't have the characters changing costumes that often. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't work. It's it's my favorite in the cartoons when they open their closet and it's like all the same t-shirt and all the same pants. It's like, what should I wear today? Because they always dress, show them in the same dress. As a person the who eats and dresses in the same clothes all the time. Um, yeah. Personal I mean, contact. I don't wear a black t-shirt and a jeans every single day. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. No. It, it makes cho- choices so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yay for friends hugging. It's just so heartwarming. Is that that Mandarb? It's got to be Mandarb. Yeah, yeah. The big black horse is definitely Mandarb. And look at the connection. Look at that connection. Mm -hmm. And also you notice the um, decorative bits on his uh, harness is the same as the buckle (gasps) that holds Land's sword in place. I didn't notice. The exact same. That's cool. uh, That's cool. Yeah. Also, take supplies out of the saddlebags before you send your horses away. Why, why are you sending them out fully loaded? I guess they just know their way home and like a blue agent is going to go out and collect the horses and unload them and put them in the stables. You know? But... I guess they do all have packs. Except Moraine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Either Moraine's not prepared or Lan's the one carrying her stuff. <laughs> Nynaeve standing up for her people. And do you remember we we saw like basically the shot we're trying to figure out like who's behind Nynaeve? Is that loyal? Yeah. And I was said I'd be mad if he was short and I'm only mostly over it. I'm still a little not over it. His elbow pads. <laughs> it is very professor like a little little tweed and yeah. <laughs> Tweed elbow so pants. Cute. He's so cute. Put him in corduroy pants. You know. Oh my god! Yes. Um. 
also that whole like one to, uh, you know, I've, we said this before, but like if you've ever played Minecraft, they have the Nether, and that was inspired by the ways, and and I like the the way they talk about it. the one to eight in in the in mm-hmm. Minecraft and the outside of time and space. Like it's not exactly what the ways are, but it's close enough. Wrong. <laughs> Do you think she's wrong? I think she's wrong. Well, okay. I am very curious to find out how much they change the lore and how much they don't know. This is... It, there's just so many glaring deviations here. I, I, She has to be wrong. This is... It's too simple. And I like the fact that it's too simple and she's wrong. Because that's how we walk up to the end of Eye of the World, the book. It's going to be the end. Everyone thinks it's the end. I mean, they're setting up that bait and switch that everyone who's reading Eye of the World is like, there's two more books. Clearly, it's not the end. We're all sitting here. Season three is already greenlit. Like, you know, like, we know it's not the end, but the characters have to believe it's the end really strongly. Um, So they are setting us up for that. I'm just like, I think they're I think she's wrong about almost everything here. I would say the I think they are changing what the eye of the world is to the location of the last battle, or the, the, oh, the, the really? where, not Shale the last Ghul? battle. Um, no, I because Shale Ghoul is the place where the Dark One is closer to our reality. It just happens. It could be anywhere, right? I think this. I think she's right about this being where the dragon sealed the Dark One away, where that battle took place. I guess that was Shale Ghoul, wasn't it? That is Shale Ghoul. That is Shogul, yeah. So you think that the Eye of the World and Shogul are the same place. So do you think that the Green Man is completely out and his whole haven around the Eye? Mm, I don't think we're getting the Green Man. So do you think that the Eye is even going to be like a pool of untainted mm. sighting with I, a seal? It, no, no, none of that, none of that, none of that. I think I think he's completely changing what the Eye is. I, I think that we are getting. I think the eye was uh, an eye, the eye was the eye of the worldism, the ultimate eye of the worldism, right? Like, <laughs> I'll take it, sure, sure. Um, and so, like, I feel like he's saying I'm adapting the whole series, and the eye of the world doesn't make sense in the context of the rest of the series. So let's just make it Shale Ghoul, Let's make it the boar. Let's do something else with it and combine it with something that we already have. And do so you think the eye of the world is the boar? Is Shale Ghoul is the prison? They're just smashing all those words onto one thing. I'm probably in the same way that Waygates are portal stones. Leandrin is Elida. That we're just instead of having multiple versions of the same thing, we're saying this is the one version of it, and we're just going to put all of what we need onto that. So I think it's very possible the eye of the world is going to be something not from the books or something later on in the books or it could be just something I mean, else it could be a totally different in, it could just be a trap it could be a complete lie from the dark one a three thousand year old con no, yeah. ah, but to me it yeah. feels like the eye the eye is a thing i think mm-hmm. it's the message to get the dragon there that's the con yeah i'm also curious that they are willing to go on the strength of only one line of evidence in the books, it takes three lines of evidence. Though, in fairness, in the books, the only reason that it takes so much convincing is because she wants to take them to Tarvalon. Here in the show, she has accomplished taking them to Tarvalon, so she needs less convincing for learning where to go next. Um, well, and also the other three were rumors. This is coming from the Amberlin herself. Right, right. Yeah, I. 
I am so excited to not be able to correctly predict what is happening next. We can't even make a good theory right now. Like we are all over the place. This is this is the magic of this new telling of the show. I am so excited to uh in like a couple of hours <laughs> know how episode 7 has gone. <laughs> And in one week and a couple of hours to have seen all of we'll season one. We'll know what the eye was, or we won't, but we will... Ow, Garrett! The tension! The tension! Says the dragon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love that! And now I know you, and of course what you're expecting her to say is, and now I trust you. Nope. Because she no. can't lie. She can't lie. No. She was, I, she was going to say that and then could, physically couldn't get it out, which is such a Moraine thing she cannot trust. She does not trust. And that really is the threat in the eye of the world, is that he's massed an army at Tarwin's Gap and we are not prepared to stop it. And that if we don't stop it, they will flow across the land. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like, destroying that whole army is probably what gave Rand the two years or so to build up, a, you know, a chance to fight the last battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Egwene asking the important questions. Notice Matt looking away. Mm, getting out of here. Yeah, no, Matt is well and truly teetering off being on the fence <laughs> at this point. But we know what she thinks. She thinks they're going to die. Swan mm-hmm. or doesn't necessarily. Moraine definitely thinks they're dead. And that's that's why Swan is able to say that at all, is because Swan has reassured her. Like Moraine was not gonna give that reassurance, but Swan really believes it. So she's like, all right, fine, I'll hold up this tiny slim little Yeah, but she also up. doesn't say you'll be fine or anything like that. She knows she's no. Yeah. Yeah. Loyal's like, what? Am I? Hmm? Danger? <laughs> well, I think the idea for him is you come along and show us the ways and then you fuck off like you don't get involved in the fight right and he's like what what is this fight and i'm he he at this point he's starting to sketch out that he needs to write a book this is when he's like maybe this is a thing i need to write a book about he hasn't quite crystallized the idea yet but those wheels are turning I, I, it would have been nice to have Rand tell him a story and be like, uh, Because we did get the one mention, episode one, at the very beginning. There are four Taviran, five Taviran. Did you say four or five? I can't remember. Four. In episode four. Four Taviran in Emmons Field. Um, and that's the only mention of the word Taviran we've gotten so far. Oh, maybe, maybe that's how we get reintroduced to Loyal in season two. It's him lecturing about Taviran to bring us back into the world and back into his character. That would be... Mm. Yep, Lan goes to grab their shit. Yep, he's got her and Moraine's. Mm-hmm, because she needs her arms free, because she's got to do a big weave. And he is not pleased with this plan. Lan is so worried. That looks so cool. So, and you notice the trefoil leaf there? I didn't until people got, said it. Yeah. Um, I was so distracted by the cool watery edges. I was just so excited by that texture. Um, but yes, that is a nice, lovely nod to the trefoil leaf. Um, I'm honestly not impressed by that texture. A water foil texture is like the simplest filter to do in any sort of Photoshop. I'm oh, like, sure, that's, sure. Yeah. I'm not impressed by it from a technical standpoint. I just enjoyed that that was the choice they made for the wig. And I was like, oh, nice, nice choice. Um, 
but I, I like that the trefoil leaf is at least in the weave. That's a nice reminder of how it, it's supposed to work. <laughs> oh, she got to keep her gloves on for this one. Kept her gloves on? No. Yeah, when she shielded Loghain, she took her gloves off, but for this, she kept them on. Yeah, Matt's just like, nope, that was the shot of Matt being like, done. I'm done. And then, and then the way that, like, glow. Darkness so, yeah. emanating like light. Yeah. Yeah. And it, un- to me, it looks a lot like the Gates of Moria from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes. This is some strong Gates of Moria vibes. So, I, you know, going into the darkness, going into the other world, I honestly am, I'm a little upset that they just went ahead with that. Like, because the the original Waygate looks nothing like this and doesn't invoke Lord of the Rings. I, I'm still not happy with this Waygate. <laughs> yeah. I'm saving my rage yeah. for the ways themselves, um, but I agree with you. I like the glow of, of darkness coming out on her face. I felt like that was very Waygate. Um, but the rest of it is... Um, and as far as... Do we want to talk about like the opening aspect? Um, the, that it's sort of coming in from the center rather than like a, a swinging door? No, the fact door? that she's channeling to open it rather than plucking <laughs> a leaf out of... I want to think that there are two ways to open them. Um, if this has anything to do with Ogier at all, which I'm assuming it does, given that she went to him for knowledge, then I want to believe that there's two ways to open this. And perhaps because this one is next to Tarvalin, they disabled the other way. They might have like taken that leaf out and thrown it away and been like, no, only Aes Sedai can open this one up or something. I, I want there to be a manual way and an Aes Sedai way. I really want that to be true. The only way I can reconcile it in my head is through Terangriel. We know the Ogier have Terangriel of growing. They could also have Terangriel of opening. Oh, like a key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like a key. But like maybe sure. that Terangriel is a trefoil leaf that they can use. Like it's not like, like. Yeah. You sing it, you put it onto the pattern or something. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I. Oh, channeling. Again, it, it, it's a combination portal stone wake, right? The channeling is what was needed to open the portal stone. So, I, I it's 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 not my favorite change. I'll admit it. And I also found it a little weird how much the Amazon Prime social media account tried to push the Waygates as this cool thing. I think because they knew we were gonna hate it because it's they whiffed. They just the gates, and I mean, I'll see tonight how I feel about the ways. But I am currently very angry about the ways um, much more than I am about the gate. And it's, they whiffed. They didn't, they have excellent book descriptions. None of that seemed out of budget with what the rest of what they've done. I don't understand. These are changes I don't understand. And I'm, um, Mm -hmm. and I don't like what I've seen of the ways so far. I don't, I need I'm excited to see what they look like longer tonight because uh, this is a very brief glimpse, but basalt columns, thunder and lightning. I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad. No, I, I, (laughs) and this is one of those things where I don't want to be like, Oh, they didn't do what's in my head. Therefore it's wrong. Right. Right. There's a lot but of changes a, they could have done that I would have been. <laughs> no, there's no, there's a lot of ways they could have done this that I would have been fine with. 
straight out of the books would have been great. Pieces of what they did in the books would have been great. I feel like they didn't keep anything except the creepy blackness. That's the only thing they've kept so far. And it's, and maybe we'll see tonight. Maybe there will be aspects of once we're in the ways where they're going to bring in elements that make us feel like, okay, this is just a different version. But right now it, They've done such a good job with so many things. This is disappointing. Because, yeah, visually, this was one of the things I was very excited to see. Yeah. No, we are complaining it doesn't look like in our heads and that it is not shattering our expectations in a good way. We've had our expectations shattered in a good way many times already. Right, right, right. We're expecting that. And we're getting it shattered in a bad way, which I guess it had to happen. Yeah. Because this, again, (laughs) this looks like a couple of pillars that someone can put a green screen up in between. It looks like it's designed to be cheap to film on as opposed to something that's earth shattering. Like even like, I'm just even thinking like uh, uh, lock and key, right. Which is all about opening up doors into different places. Did a better job, you know, like it felt and, and, and they just did that by having a different set on the other side of the door. Like it doesn't have to be that complicated. Um, but as Chad is pointing out, it's, it's not impacting the story. It's just a visual change. We're getting mad about the right shit. We're keeping our stuff in scale. We but, are. Um, for, forgive us a little bit. Like, I feel like we've been, been good about everything, but the way I, I, I think I wouldn't have such a problem with the way like I said this already, but again, if it hadn't been pushed on us so hard, that is partially where my problem comes. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to it being pushed on us so hard. I was just like, oh, corporate's going to corporate. But yeah, in hindsight, it's like, you knew we were going to hate this and you were trying to pave the way and not buying it. We're not fucking buying it. Matt's already changed his mind. And he says that. That's his last line. Is it too late to change my mind? And his voice cracks on mind. Ugh, yeah. I'm mad about that line. Me too. Yeah. The fact that Matt then turns back. And there are so many choices that they make between now and getting to the eye. It's ridiculous to say we're committed to this. No, you're not, Maureen. You are. There's so many choices left that you have to make. Also, Maureen doesn't say what happens now is out of our control. She says the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Well, she says both. Right. Um, But like. (laughs) And. I honestly never liked it when Book Moraine said the wheel weaves as the wheel wills when she was, in fact, controlling the entire party's destiny. I always found that very annoying about her. So I'm glad that they're keeping that, I guess. But it feels very like, Moraine, you are still telling these kids what you want them to know, controlling their information, controlling their moves, controlling the resources they have. For you to say, this is out of my hands is very disingenuous and true to character, I guess, but uh, I guess she's emotionally distraught. So she doesn't give a fuck, I guess. And so, yeah, I guess repeating that just helps everyone understand the wheel we use as wheel wheels is the way of same way of saying, yeah, we have no control now. Yeah. But the fact that she says that we can't turn back and Matt literally turns back. Yeah. It's clumsy. I know that Matt Lee was, was going to be clunky, but it's clumsier than it had to be. I think. I do like the musical theme for the ways. I am digging that. It looks really good. Sounds cool, but fuck those pillars. Why are there pillars? Why are there bizarre pillars? And the fact that they call to him and 
They didn't the notice him. The door just closes. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's, the doorway it's closes and he couldn't, they couldn't go back for him. And like, she was Moraine holding the doorway open this whole time? Was there a time limit on how long it's open? Like, can she not open it back up again? It's clumsy. It's very clumsy. Yeah. And Moraine just lets it happen. It's. She's just like looking at him like, oh no, what do I do? I think she's like, well, I guess that answers that about that one. Yeah. I think that's what the look she has, but. It's, um, it's, it's clumsy. And in all fairness, we know it's clumsy because this is when COVID hit. And this was the yes. last thing they were able to film. And when they came back together a year later, Matt had left or Barney had left. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of COVID clumsiness as well as Barney leaving clumsiness. Also, which reminds me. Again, in the bonus content, that scene with Swan and Egwene and Nynaeve was one of the very last scenes they filmed before COVID, Rafe said in the bonus. It was one of the very last things they filmed. And so they filmed it. Their performances are given with the world rapidly falling apart and them not knowing when production is going to get shut down, but it's probably going to get shut down. And all that uncertainty that we all went through, they filmed that scene in that tension in the real world. Um, and so that scene obviously came across beautifully this scene less so but it is important to remember that some of this clumsiness was unavoidable and only some of it merits our aggressive criticism <laughs> some of it does merit aggressive criticism <laughs> yeah so this to me looks like a reshoot mm -hmm. joshua yosha looks older all the characters mm -hmm. look older in this mm -hmm. shot than they have in the shot just before this. That their hairstyle is a little different. Yoshi's got a little more muscle on him. His cheekbones are a little more pronounced. But that makes sense because the episode that is going live in one minute, we're clearly starting up here. So they had to get them all back in costume and back on set and back into that pose in order to pick up <laughs> the next thing. But I agree, this does look reshot. Um, he does look more older. And that whole, they're just yelling, and this is stock footage of... Yep, yep. They're, they literally recycled a clip from before, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's actually really disappointing. It's like, you can't even find another stock footage clip of Matt to use. They have hours of him standing there, but... And then one lightning flash of her face. <laughs> and so we get this... Uh... What I feel is like a, a good shot of sort of the whole basalt delta area of the ways. Which is just, I'm, I'm going to yell about it so much if they don't give me a good explanation. I get the feeling we're looking at a dark forest. That if you wander off the path, you get lost in these formless lookalike basalt columns. And there's no way to tell direction. Sure. And that's why you need loyal. We'll see. I did like the lightning shot at the end. <laughs> and that's it. And, and it is exactly, exactly four o'clock. <laughs> the seven. next episode is dropping. So we are going to get off. at the last minute. We're like, under the wire. <laughs> yes, right under the wire. Oh, three hours of recording. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you, Seth, for powering through. Really Thank you, everyone everybody. in our audience, for watching. Uh, hopefully, this video comes out before summer. <laughs> I, I'm trying. My life is settling down again. I am officially 99% moved in. Um, I got my COVID vaccine, so if that doesn't put me on my ass, um, and, and work is 
settling down a little bit. We had a bunch of parties this month as well. That's the other reason why I've been crazy is I picked up a bunch of shifts. So it's been moving, picking up shifts, all the holiday crap that comes with December, my birthday, this show, these recordings. I am I'm overwhelmed, guys. I'm yes. sorry. It's it's fine. Um but these videos will come out eventually and you, our lovely YouTube audience, has been very patient and watched through to the end and we appreciate you very much. Thank you for joining um, us for all of this content. Yeah, please remember to support us on Patreon, follow us on social media, at Spoilers on every platform you can think of. Come to our podcast. Uh, if you don't know, we have a podcast, 400 episodes of spoiler-filled content. Um, hashtag Wheel of Time. Go rate the show. Go watch the show. Uh, That's what I'm about to go do. Go eat your fruit and fruits and vegetables. Um, take a shower. You probably haven't taken a shower in a while. Go take a shower. Uh, remember the food pyramid is outdated. Definitely remember the food pyramid is outdated. That's bullshit. <laughs> How many carbs am I supposed to eat in a day? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Let us uh, kill recording and end the event. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Why do you have better claps than I do? It's because you have big meaty hands, that's why. Uh, there's a lot of force behind my hands coming together. My hands have not changed in size since fifth grade. I have fifth grader hands. <laughs> I, uh, I managed to slice, uh, shave off my knuckle. Oh no! So I was doing that thing where you chop onions, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and I was using my knuckles as a guide and the blade came up too much and I just literally just took the entire corner of my knuckle off. It's probably um not quite a dime-sized wound but essentially just slice the through the whole thing so there i bled pretty good last night so it's like the knuckles probably gonna look different in the future because there's a whole like wrinkle that's gone oh so man, that dude, was that's... that was bloody 
Yeah. That's rough. That is, that's rough. So. But uh, on the I mean, that is correct side. knife technique to protect your fingertips. Yep. <laughs> and on the plus side, I keep my knife razor, razor sharp. So it is a, the cleanest cut. I mean, it is just absolutely clean. Like, I didn't, uh, I like sliced through and I was like, Oops. <laughs> like it took me, I had to look at it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it didn't start bleeding for a while. It was one of those things where like the cut was so clean it did not bleed for a second. That is how like, you have oh, a is, good is that gonna... kitchen injury. Yeah. <laughs> and not a horrible so, one with a ragged blunt knife. <laughs> it'll heal cleanly. It's not a big deal. I washed it and it's surprisingly the other thing I've learned, um, and the real reason I keep my knife sharp is when you cut yourself with a sharp sharp knife, it doesn't hurt as much. I mean, yeah, I mean it's kind of painful but it doesn't hurt nearly as much as being cut with something blunt or crushing or burning or like i would rather cut myself than burn myself any day of the week burning is so. rough i've been fire mm -hmm. tending pretty aggressively the past few days and i've definitely uh singed my fingers when the flames came licking up as i adjusted the wood it's like i should wear the cowhide gloves that we have next to the stove for that reason but <laughs> it's too much work. No. I could just throw the... No. Ow. Ow. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, uh, a duck, I put some duck down and it spitted oil at me and a drop landed on my other knuckle. And so I had a burn on this knuckle. And while it doesn't look nearly as gnarly, it's much, much more painful than even this one, which is a much more severe cut. Um, but it's just burns. Burns hurt so much more than a cut does. Yeah. There's a, the wood stove in one of the houses where I grew up the stove opens out to the right and inevitably when you reach to grab it you would singe right here on the inside of your forearm every, every year my mom had a whole series of burns because she was the fire tender and like she had a whole like fear of fire and so she's like now i have brands and i i officially have one on my tattoo now and it makes me sad because it's my tattoo. But it's just this ritual of like, this is a very hot piece of metal and you have to reach around it very carefully or you will brand yourself just slightly. There was a kitchen I worked at where I had to take an, uh, a sheet pan out of a very hot oven. And the only way to really hold it is take two pads and hold it from underneath in the middle. The issue is my forearms are almost exactly the length of half the width of the sheet pan. So the edge of it would be like that far from uh -huh. uh, my my bicep. And so, yeah, same thing where if I just shifted it slightly, it would just rest against my bicep and just create a line burn right there. So I do. I've got like a scar of one time where I just like I tilted it back and it just the whole weight of the sheet pan at you know probably 500 degrees i think what was, was so dangerous is like normally we keep the oven at 350 but these were at 500 or hotter yeah, that's, I mean, cause it was it was so like any touching it was an instant burn not just like a oh wow that was a burn it's like okay that's second degree just by touching it like different or was it it was oh i knew what it was it was a it was a wood fire grill so it was probably closer ah, yeah, to a thousand degrees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's probably eight hundred to a thousand degrees. Yeah. So fires. Um, yeah, <laughs> heat that's is dangerous. So much, <laughs> eight hundred degrees is so much more dangerous than three fifty. You're like, well, once it's hot and it burns you, it doesn't make a difference. It makes a difference. It really does, especially with metal, because it will transfer that heat and dump it right into. Um, the other thing I have to show you, I got Timber got a sweater, and it's adorable. Come here, buddy. Oh. oh my god. Oh my god. And he loves you. Look Timber. At you. Oh. 
Oh my god, Timber! So for anyone who can't see, this is a mustard yellow sweater with this like very mid-century diamond. It's pattern, a little Charlie Brown, like across it. It's so Charlie Brown. Oh my god, he looks so cute and so cozy. And like the thing is, he really kind of likes it. Like I was, oh hi, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a blanket. He he loves he being does. wrapped in a blanket. Now he has a blanket he can wear. And he's just. He's got a flanket. My lap. Okay, buddy. Okay, okay, okay. Down, down, yeah, we're uh, dog sitting Toby again today, and uh, he's a lot more awake and needy today. He wants lots of pets and lots of attention, and um, yeah, it's his third time here. It still takes me a few hours to to relax. He doesn't like being left here, but um, you know, his owner keeps coming back, so it's 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 cool. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> well. And we've been here for slightly less than a week, and so Timber's still adjusting a little bit. Um, and he's just got a oh, lot yeah, of, yeah. Uh, he just wants a lot of attention. He's just pressed up against us, following us, you know, more than usual, up in our business more than usual, just being an absolute, yeah. you know, adorable. And now he's being a butthead. Just lay down. Of course he is. Adorable little butthead. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Wheel of Time Spoilers podcast. Rate us in the Apple Podcast app or support us on Patreon. Is that good enough? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.